the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit arborcapital.io today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreeHouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older. Keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek, upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek tight lines and fish on come hook into the action with them hit them up at thebaitshackak.com anchor town dogs located on fourth avenue across from the old fourth avenue theater look for the blue and gold umbrella from reindeer dogs to bomb euros they've got you covered anchor town dogs your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. 
Lady with a Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with a Plan on Instagram. Those, uh, them, them boys and them, them kids that... Mm. Ready? Oh, it's go time. Here we go. There we go. Damn, caught me off guard, man. Usually you give me like eight, ten seconds, ten seconds. I did. You were deep in conversation. I was, it just I was. happened. Well, I, I was just thinking about them them kids that play those games on that field, man. Like, I, I was wondering, do they, do they kick any field goals because of the wind? It's just always blowing, right? Oh, because it's right by the ocean? Well, is it faced like northeast, or how does it? How's the field faced? It's parallel yeah. to to the, the ocean beach. to the yeah. beach. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's which way does the wind like normally blow? Usually Probably north south, right? Um, I don't know. So you're, you're asking the wrong person about <laughs> what I like. I'm the worst native person <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> in terms of like it's, it's like comes this from the way ocean. usually. <laughs> yeah, back, I think back. It's, I think it's usually off the water. I mean, yeah, I mean, I assumed yeah. it was like you know north and then. Yeah. Across <laughs> north east north northeast, I think. Right? Does that mean it, it goes that way? It so goes towards the water, or it comes from the from water? The comes water. from the water. From the water, north okay. going south. Yeah, so it goes north south. Yeah, yeah, if we get a south wind, that's when it's warm, and it's a little bit unusual. So like south that. south. It probably feels weird, huh? Yeah, it's it's warm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like what obviously, the hell? <laughs> yeah, like that's I'm not <laughs> used to that. It's weird when it's warm. Uh, it's usually cold. Yeah. Do you get it? Do you get to catch many games? So here's the thing too. It's like I the year that I was a senior was the first year that they had a football team, right? Which is pretty lean, right? There wasn't yes. like a ton of kids. No, the I mean te- there was grown. a lot of interest. There was a lot of interest. Yeah, and then I was, uh, yeah, I dated the the guy who s- scored the first touchdown. Oh, yeah. wow. there you go. <laughs> Did you have your pom poms? You're like, Woo! no, no oh, okay, no, well, no, no, would have been a cool story. Well, I don't even <laughs> watch football either, so and I couldn't. I couldn't tell you what was happening. So. <laughs> well, was you, yeah, there. and then not to mention you probably didn't get a chance to watch much prior to that because there wasn't a whole lot going on. Not in person, that's no. for sure. <laughs> I mean, there's, I mean, there's a huge community. I guess there was like some kind of TV show about it on. There ESPN. was. There, I was just going to say that yeah, there was a there was thing a piece on it. On it. Yeah. 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 No, I mean I it's, it's it. taken very seriously by what? the by the community didn't, that that runs it. Didn't they make a movie about it? No. No, I don't think it was a movie. Definitely uh, like a TV. Was series. it a documentary? Though? Yeah, it was almost like a thirty for thirty ish. Okay, kind of thing. Okay. That That's they what did. it was. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, but where did they play before the f- beautiful blue field? Was there like a shitty? I don't field? think they had a team. Never. They didn't no. have a team. No. Mm-hmm. They just started a team with the baddest field. Yeah. The In farthest Alaska. north. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was called uh, Football Town, Barrow, Alaska. Yep. Oh, that was the ESPN show. Uh, yeah, on the NFL Network. Yeah, it was a little documentary. Yeah, it's pretty cool too. I want I watched that. I know they had a rough go. Like it was at difficult. the beginning. Yeah, yeah, they did not win very many games, I believe. But well, who, I mean, who did they play? Other village teams? Ilson. Yeah, they traveled oh, to like Fairbanks. The big boys? Like I think the yeah. n- nearest team was Fairbanks. Yeah, wow. so they play like Lathrop. Okay. Um. Uh. Val- Valley. Um. West Valley. West Valley. They were part of like the small school network because there's like two tiers. Yeah, and man, forgive me, listeners, if there's like shits changed. I know that when 
at one point there was like they were tiered out. So it was like, you know, the big schools, the the East Highs, the Bartlett's, the service, the South, the mm-hmm. then there was the small school yep. bracket. Yep. Which was like Houston. Kenai. Kenai, you know. Yeah, Juno. Oh, no, Juno. No, no, Juno's in the big Juno's boys. Juno's always big, big boys. No, yeah, I think yeah, they good. started off, and then they were so good. Juno they were dominating. Good. Yeah, Juno got They moved them up to mm-hmm. tier one or whatever yeah. it's called. But, but Barrow was pretty solid for, like, having a pretty limited, like, pool of players in a small well, community. It's a, and, it's a population thing. But from what I understand, they, like, take it pretty serious as far as, like, the off-season training and getting the kids into it. And from the younger ages, like, the – the junior high gets you shift into high school. It's like it's what you want to do. Yeah, no, they want to play ball. It. Yeah. Well, I can tell you from basketball experience. too, right? Basketball is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Don't play basketball for money in a village. <laughs> oh, they're gonna get you. Oh, you just get mopped. <laughs> You're gonna give up some money. <laughs> them, like, them yeah, kids we can play shoot, a little dude. here and there. Like yeah. they, they don't. There's no jump shots. Not, but they don't miss. Yeah. <laughs> They don't miss. <laughs> I played a lot of ball in villages, and it was super fun. Yeah, they get a lot but of practice, like, huh? They'd be like, you want to play for money? I'm like, nope. I've seen white men can't jump. I know, I know hustle when I see hustle. I know exactly what's happening here. They're over there just I never hit three purpose. in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Double or nothing? That's funny. What, what year did um, – I know the name changed, mm. but there was there like an official – like date or year that it, the name changed? Um, I mm. want to say it was 20. I was living here uh, in Anchorage back. So I moved back in 2014. Oh, no, no, 2015. Um, October of 2015 and then 2016, January. I think it was 2016 that they had changed it from Barrow to a camp. Yeah, looks like maybe December of 2016. 2016? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like kind of part of that movement, right? Like when we got rid of Columbus Day. It was. Yeah. And, yeah, we, it was cha- about and we changed claiming. Denali back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like it, it was a part of that, I think. Yep. So that yeah. was, I think it's still going on, right? They're still changing yeah. um, back what is to it? rivers and, and all different kind of places yeah. names, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there, it was a little bit contested, I know, uh, because our village is originally Ukbervik which means the place of the snowy owl. Um, but someone had come up with like an alternative, which was Utkervik, which means a place to lay roots. Um, and it's like, okay, well, that's weird. I mean, we live in the northernmost city in the United States. Like, what roots are you talking about? Like, oh. you know, I, we live in permafrost, basically. Like, yeah. it's, it's a little bit strange but i think the concept about it like the the idea of reclaiming a place and bringing it back to the inupak name is something like that overshadows like the controversy or whatever about like what you actually call it so i was like i i fully support mm. you know that because was there like a vote yeah there was like a there was just a, in the village there was a vote and then um i think and then another thing too was like it was maybe rushed is what some people were saying but i think most people can get behind the idea that i'm thinking about like it's you know it's about the idea it's the concept yeah. it's not so much so about like the exactly word. what we call it yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah, just yeah. like tr- returning to tradition and and upholding the value of that yeah yeah and how do you pronounce it again ut kervik i know it's a little bit difficult but it's like ut kervik is 
kind of how most people who don't usually say it pronounce it. I mean, but I like to teach people it. Utkjavik, that's how you say Utkjavik. it. <laughs> yeah. so I wonder. I wonder who trains the um, <clears throat> Jackie the, Purcell. The flight. Um, <laughs> I, I guess you can't say, can you can not say flight stewardess? No, you, you say, say flight, flight attendant, attendant, but you yeah. can't say stewardess. Say stewardess. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. They changed that flight too. Attendant. <laughs> flight attendant. You guys were talking about that on the last episode, I heard. <laughs> I think yeah. we did say something about that. There's a lot of that. things you can't say anymore. <laughs> yeah. One of them is uh, stewardess. Okay. <laughs> what is there? What, what? It's flight attendant. Flight attendant. Okay, but what, is the, what was the problem with the steward? I, I don't know. Hey, What's man. the problem with everything? Okay, <laughs> don't, don't ask. Just let problems. it be. Someone I don't know. Attendant. Well, yeah. that implies that it's a woman, stewardess, and oh, there's okay. men, okay. flight attendants. Oh, yeah. Well, gender okay. non-conforming or whatever. So it's totally men that were upset? Uh, One man. I'm not a stewardess. One man was upset. One man. Yeah, American upset. Airlines, I heard. Oh. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you really know that. Don't quote He's like, yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> I actually had to look it up today because we got into the um, old man's beard well, thing because I've been calling it that forever and ever and ever. And then you commented back and like several other people commented back. Cause I was like, I got to look this up. Like, let me look it up. Yeah, and then like funny. the Juno Empire had this whole article on all the different like names that people have come up with these different things. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm talking about, no, Alice? No, I have no idea. So I, I made a post today about uh, like good uh, natural fire starters. And um, mm. what I've always used or I've taught like my kids and stuff like that is the, um, it's basically a lichen that grows off of spruce trees. And we always called it old, old man's beard. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like moss, right? Like yeah. a mossy. Well, that's different. I, well, after the article, I've learned that that's different. Oh. Um, it's like a lichen, and yeah. then there's another one, a sea or something like that. So basically, I looked it up, and I was like, someone's got to know. So I like googled the picture, like what's old man's beard, and he told me witches, witches hair, witches hair, and then like Ooh. angel hair came up, and so basically, I use angel hair, but a I lot feel of people bad do. I angel hair on fire. Just mm. seems like you shouldn't. Yeah, the witches. Like witches yeah. hair. You can burn witches yes. hair. You yeah. can burn yeah. old man's beard. Yeah. You probably shouldn't burn angel hair. Angel yeah. Just yeah. seems like a bad idea. Mm. Straight to hell you go. So anyway, the Juno Empire had a great article, like explaining all the different like names of what people call it and the exact differences of what it is. And what's it I scientifically guess, called? Um, it's all. It's like five different species. Oh, or not species, oh, it's not, it's or strange, strange. Flora. No, I put it oh, down there here. It is. it is called, um, I guess I should, should Man, go to the article. it works so good, too. It does. Is that because a picture you took? Yeah, when we were out on the moose hunt this oh, past okay. weekend. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's light green, sometimes it's like Usnia. black. Usnia, U-S-N-E-A is like the technical, like scientific U-S-N-E-A? term. Yeah. But there's nicknames and there's different styles and different kinds and they look all pretty similar. Um, there's ones from like Norway and different places that have different kind of spruce trees and black spruce and white spruce and different things like that. And they got different names, which is hair, angel hair, deer moss, old man's beard. <coughs> it kind of all means like the same, mm. the same thing. Yeah, that reminds me like up, up north there's, you know, some racist terms that we would use to talk about different land features. And mm -hmm. I don't even want to say it. You know, I'm not going to say it. But um, 
you know, it's 2022. Like, why are we still calling it that kind of thing? Which I think only happened within my lifetime. You know, like there used yes. to be like these tussocks or whatever yep. that we, you know, yep. even as Inupiaq people, which is ridiculous, we used to say, you know, yep. what they N-word would call N-word head. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. And yeah. so um, there's been a lot of um, talk about that too, about like how can we, well, I mean, what do we say if we don't call it that then, you know? And um, there was this word that we used to, so uh, traditionally Inupiaq people used to war with neighboring tribes, which not our uh, other Inupiaq people per se, but for, uh, we used to, this is what I understand as an Inupiaq person that we used to have wars with at the Baskins, mm-hmm. the interior. Mm-hmm. And um, so we have a word for at the Baskins in Inupiaq that we have always called them, you know, this certain thing, but it, I heard it's a derogatory term in Inupiaq. Uh. <laughs> yeah. And so there was a movement like a couple of years ago where they were trying to say, okay, well, I only know a racist term for at the Baskin people. Like, can we have a meeting where we come up with a new word or, you know, like language is always, you know, you know, um, evolving. Right. And it's not just a stagnant thing, obviously, because we don't <coughs> see it the same as like hundreds of years ago, but, um, yeah, there was a big movement and, uh, it's interesting, you know, like it's cool to, to yeah. think that there's some kind of forward thinking and although you want to keep some things in tradition, you also want to let some things go. Yeah, there's a lot of awareness there, and I think as uh, younger people and, you know, I'll be honest, like, my grandma is racist as fuck, you know what I'm saying? And probably most grandmas and grandpas are, um, whether it's Old school. only towards a certain other um, race um, or, you know, a species or something like that, and it takes, like, the youth to be like, ah, uh, you shouldn't really say that. Like, that's actually my friend. Some, and, and to them, it's it's a racial slur. I feel like know? sometimes, though, like, they're not actually being racist. Oh, yeah. They're just like, it's just something that they, that's just like how deep, it was deep said. Seated and in so they're like, mm-hmm. they're not understanding that. Like, ooh, you shouldn't say that. It's derogatory. Yeah. It's kind of just, like, it's kind of ignorant. Yeah. yeah. That's what they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my my wife's from Alabama, so yeah. <laughs> like her grandma, like I mean, and well, just my wife's ex husband and their kid's dad is Filipino. Yeah, his parents were from the Philippines. He was born here. When they got divorced, like her grandma was like, "Yeah, I, I knew it wouldn't work out." And Jamie was like, "Why is that, grandma?" And she's like. The language barrier. <laughs> She's like, he doesn't speak that. Has he speaks English. He yeah. born here, but, okay, but that's just like, and I don't the think mindset. that she was racist yeah. against it. I think she just like. It's, it's just an ingrained thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's called it's inherent different bias. Time. Inherent yes. bias. You know, and everybody oh, experiences yeah, it. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone does. And it's also just, it's a way of compartmentalizing in your brain and making sense of the world is, you know, you kind of put things grouped together. Um, and, and it's normal and everyone does it. And so it's kind of like part of understanding. And even in some ways it helps, um, you know, to to survive, really. Mm. You know, I mean, I think that's super ingrained in who we are as human beings. But um, 
you know, I mean, there's also a lot of unlearning that you have to do in that too. I mean, we're all responsible for, you know, unlearning bad behaviors and things like that. So I think that's important to, to mention, even though like, yeah, oh, we're good. oh, it's natural. Oh, everyone has it and that's how it is. But it's also important to like do some serious unlearning too in, in those kinds of things. Cause not everything is progressive and it, not everything is good. Right. You know, you yeah. Break the mold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially, I mean, I feel like now. That's a great point, man. Cause I, growing up, I lived in East Anchorage. I went to Wendler, I went to Bartlett, and um, <clears throat> some of the most diverse places to go oh, to school. Yeah. Bartlett, right. You know, and it was like, there was just like mixed bag, you know, and uh, it was really, really cool time to grow up because it was kind of crazy too, because it was like, it was segregated, it, it, not by design. Not not like it was in the back in the day. It was just natural. Like you had groups of Samoan folks that grouped together, and you had the Perpy kids that were grouped together, and you had well, I don't, you I know, don't, like I think segregated would like. I mean, maybe that's probably not the right term. Yeah, because it was like people of the same people hung out. Like that. yeah. It yeah. wasn't like maybe it was more of like culturally, yeah. just like where folks gravitated to each other. Yeah. It was probably the more PC thing to say. So, I'm a, well, usually that's me if, I, I, if I like offended anybody there. I just mean like people were in separate groups, naturally drawn to certain groups. Correct, but it was totally all good, and yeah. everybody was still got along pretty well. Mm-hmm. And you know, we all split up into our classes and we're homies, yeah. and then break, and everybody would kind of. Whoop, back to their spot and uh you know my neighborhoods that i grew up in in east anchorage man i had there was kids from all walks of life that lived in that neighborhood man and i had friends like from all different cultures and it was cool to me it was totally normal yeah for my folks and where they grew up and how they grew up in the you know 50s 60s 70s (laughs) big time yeah and so intentionally (laughs) segregated yeah Yeah. and so it's like Growing up, it was like, oh, it's kind of weird to hear, you know, uncle so-and-so say that. Or it's weird to hear, you know, my dad's buddy say some shit over here. And it was kind of like, oh, I didn't really, I don't really like how that made me feel because, man, I've got all these friends that are like all different shapes, colors, and sizes. And it was like, it was, it was really, um, I want to say it's like a struggle, but it was definitely like confusing as a kid when you're trying to find yourself and like where you fit in the whole mix yeah uh, and i think that's how that does that kind of like yeah does that like make sense because like yeah. i was just like man there's like all these beautiful people that i'm friends with and and yeah. associated with but then i have these outside influences i don't know influences even right but just these things that are like piping in where you're just kind of like man i don't agree with that and that's that might be just back then but now it's just different yeah. and well, Alaska in general is diverse. Yeah. Well, diverse. we have the top 10 diverse schools, like the school I yeah. work at is number two in the nation. Yeah. East is number one. Bartlett's like number three. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Mountain yeah, East View, High, all yeah. these schools are like the most diverse. Like I was actually taking notice the other day outside. I was doing recess duty and all the fifth and fourth graders. And there's two white kids. Yeah. In the entire like fourth and fifth grade. All well, the other kids are everything else. Well, I grew up in Mountain View. So I went to Mountain View Elementary, and then I went to Clark, and then I went to 
a school in Fairbanks for like a semester, and I came back, and then I did half. Then I did half of eighth grade at Mears, right when Mears opened. So I went from like none of my friends were white <laughs> to like there wasn't a black kid at Mears mm-hmm. or Diamond. Like when I my freshman year at Diamond, there was two black kids. They were brothers, and they were like the whitest black kids ever. Yeah, and I was like the blackest white kid coming there because I came from Mountain View. And yeah, like all my friends were. I mean, it was like a mixed bag for sure there. But I think mm-hmm. like, I think the hood is kind of always like that, in, totally. in even in big cities. But it does get segregated because, especially here in Alaska, I think like you have in Mountain View. I think you have that part of town that's like very Samoan, very Polynesian, and hispanic over here and and you get that i think because so many of those people are coming from somewhere else and moving here yeah Mm -hmm. and so it's just natural to go to like what you know and i think also that's that's where your aunt is already here or your uncle's already here so you're Mm -hmm. not going to move to the other side of town yeah you're going to be close to them so you have you know resources and family around you like it like i felt like what you're saying like where it was like this group, this group, this group, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like you weren't allowed in. Those. Oh yeah, no, I walked. Like you were invited there and was like dapping everybody everywhere I yeah. went, like bop 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 bop, you know. Because I wasn't churchy, like I didn't grow up in church, like that wasn't that's not really my thing. But I used to go to the Baptist church in Mountain View every Sunday, just for the scene, because mm-hmm. I was like. This is unreal. Like this is like free concert. It was right yeah. by the rec oh, center. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like I wasn't I wasn't there praying or nothing. They had a good, they had a good vibe, right? I was like, this drummer's got this drummer's like, got this the is hits. A party. Like, these people are getting down. It was awesome. I loved it. Well, one of my fondest memories um, in the neighborhood I grew up in, um, I had a house next to me that was like a rental, and and it would have folks. Like, it had some military guys in there. And then for, like, three years, we had a, a Alaska Native family that moved in from Kotzebue. And they were a huge family, man. The mom, the dad, the grandparents were there. And there was, like, I, th- I want to say it was, like, four kids. And then they had just constantly, like, cousins and stuff kind of rotating through town. And it was, it was a little bit too young to really understand what brought them to Anchorage? I think it was like a job change from the mom and dad. But what was so cool because they were so hospitable, like they, they had us had us in. We were right next door, so we played and football, basketball. I mean, we just like those kids, man. We just like played and played and played and played and played. And uh, they were always so like, come spend the night, watch movies. Like, man, I yeah. tried like some of the craziest foods that I would never think I'd try. Like they introduced me to peanut butter on pancakes. Like, I mean, it was like, (laughs) there's just things that like, I'll never forget. And man, it was just like the, 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 the cultural family togetherness of that group is something I'll never forget. And that's what I probably like, remember the most from the neighborhood was that those the love was so strong man like it was just like damn these folks are bonded i'm i'm super glad that i grew up in the hood because yeah i, I thought it was more like i it felt 
it feels more community than like yeah i live in bayshore now like i know one neighbor Mm. but i don't know him well we say hi you know yeah it's like that it's not like i mean i invite him over for barbecue stuff he invites me over we sometimes we might go but it's not like when i lived in mountain view you were like it was like you knew people like blocks yeah. down the way. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You were going to dinner. I mean, there's so many times I come home for dinner and my parents, my mom would be like, "What do you mean you're not hungry? Oh, I ate at so and so's house." <laughs> yeah, it's like the auntie like shoved the food down my throat. Yeah. I couldn't say yeah. no. You ca- and, it, <laughs> yeah. and it was like that. It was like that. Where they, you weren't like you weren't allowed to say no. No, no, like, no, no. They're you like, like, are you hungry? But they already have the plate. Like, yeah. Uh, the time I'd be yeah, over yeah, there yeah. and they're like, "It's time to eat." I'm like. I'm, my okay. mom's probably got dinner, but I'm clearly this is what you're supposed to do when you're here is eat right now. You don't so, want to say no. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I learned real fast because like I was kind of like oh, respectfully decline, and then the big brother was like he pulled me aside, so like yo, 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 man, we don't, no, 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 you don't say no. Like at least like fake it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know. Like, <laughs> and, and I de- and I definitely ate some stuff that I probably would have never experienced if I, if you hadn't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, I mean, it's, it's just, it's cool, man. I, I'm I'm like, I didn't think of it. I kind of think, I think I took it for granted then because it was just normal. Mm-hmm. But now looking back on it, you yep. know, I live in South Anchorage, is which is, my neighborhood's actually diverse. It's actually got like crazy mixed. Well, now, now it has. It's, it's kind changed of 20, like it's, 30 years later, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's just like, oh, man, I look back on it. I'm like, man, I learned a lot of really cool values of life and friendship and relationships and just a different social dynamic um, back then that I think propelled me into adulthood and how I deal with people and, and being more open-minded to, you know, what's maybe different in some people's minds. And they're attendance. a little bit... And maybe they're afraid of that. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> cancel. Uh, yeah, cancel. done. Cancel. You're done, yeah. Brandon. <laughs> Open right. seat, guys. Done, done deal. <laughs> Welcome to Alaska Wall Project, episode 83. We, go. we have in the house with us Alice Quanic Glenn. Alice is an Inupiaq, born and raised in Ukbiavik. I hope I said that right, Alaska. Pretty She's close, the host man. of the Coffee and Quok podcast. Um, there is many, many, many uh, accolades. Um, and she is re- recently the special, special advisor to the president of AFN. Is that the right Special word? Special assistant. Special advisor sounds more official. It does. Yeah, you're the advisor now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Advisor uh, slash assistant. Yeah. <laughs> Pays the same, but your business card just changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In 2021, she was nominated by the Pulitzer Center for the Robert F. Kennedy Journalism Award in radio and earned a first place Columbia Journalism Reviews covering Climate Now Award for the special Coffee and Quok series, AK Natives on the Front Line. And I'm interested in native time oh yes i really like that idea yeah please explain what that is first off real quick congrats to all that dude yeah that's badass great job i was checking out your bio the other day and i'm like uh whoa whoa i better go get a haircut like i need to get my shit straight like yeah you thought you were nervous (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I, I recently <laughs> sent my bio to like this uh, event that I was going to attend and um, I impressed myself with my bio. I was like, damn girl, all right, you did that, you did that. <laughs> Oh, you should be. No, I mean it's. You been got, do you guys have a bio? Two years. Uh, <laughs> no, no. I don't. No, know. I, I, I have a beard. My bio would be. Like, <laughs> bio would be like height, <laughs> weight, <laughs> <Yeah>. eye color. <laughs> he likes the color blue. <laughs> Long walks on the beach. <laughs> Bird watching. <laughs> Go, Alice, go. We interrupted you. Go. Yeah. Oh, no. I mean, uh, yeah. So Native Time. Native Time is a really uh, dope collaboration that I've... Um, it really just started with me and my friend Jackie Lambert from Kotzebue. Um, we were working normal jobs, you know, nine to five jobs, but we used to hang out once a week every Wednesday after work and just kind of like dreamed up like, what do we... Like, what could we... What, what do we want to do with our time? You know, if we didn't have to do a nine to five, like, what mm. could we... What do we like dream of doing um and it ended up being like this kind of media organization where you know jackie has her own specific skills and then we we met um our friend howdis brown the third who's a videographer film film dude who's you know amazing and then Alice, myself. Quick, what's your girlfriend's name again jackie with a q uh-huh jackie lambert from kotzebue okay. um and she goes by jackie with a q on instagram and she's kind of alaska famous at least alaska native famous um she does like a bunch of astrology oh i've see, yeah, seen a picture of her okay, yeah i know what you're talking about she was in like i think she was in the biden video when he won which it was like super top secret if he lost they wouldn't have aired it type of thing oh, like, wow <laughs> like i don't know she's just all over the place you know what i mean and she's a huge um language revitalization advocate she does a lot of in your back immersion stuff and then she created our website if you want to check it out nativetime.com uh oh it's nativetimeak.com i think i don't know something like that but anyway, so we were just like, what do we want to do? And like, what would be our mission? And so we ended up just like totally envisioning what we would do. And how this would be the film guy. Jackie would be, you know, storytelling and graphic design and web, web design. And I can just be like, you know, the audio podcast arm. And so we're like, let's, we're tired of these stories, these fake, you know, sensationalized images, depictions of Alaska Native people on TV, on, in mass media. Um, you know, if we could redo it, what would it look like? What would it sound like? And what would it feel like? And so we kind of mm. just hung out and we just like planned it all out. And then um, we met Howdy at an event that I was speaking at just about the podcast. I had like maybe three episodes and I, it was like a culture shift. It was called Culture Shift and it was hosted by the Humanities Forum at ABC Anchorage Brewing Company. Um, and that's where we met Howdy. And I was like, dude, Jackie, I don't know if you know Howdy. And she was like, oh, I've heard of him. Um, but I didn't want to like just bring him onto the team without consulting her first. And so we just kind of like, it just all clicked. We had our first meeting one night and we were just like, oh my God, let's do this. You know, we were just like juices. We're just, you know, like flowing. We we're like, let's do it. And we just started like pretending that we were real until we became real. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fake it till you make, make it. Fake it till you make yeah. it. <laughs> and that uh, sounds real. We scored That's a couple right. of projects. And yeah, I mean, it's been a little bit on, I, I don't want to say on hold, but like uh, Howdy just had a baby recently. Mm. So it's been a little bit more. So me and Jackie kind of um, doing most of the, the heavy lifting on certain projects and stuff like that. But 
um, yeah, I mean, we're still very much alive. We kind of um, came out in June of 2020 during the pandemic. Um, we're mm. just like, let's Super announce tough. that we exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's so fun. And I, I, like our motto is do dope shit. Like all we want to do is like tell cool stories, like tell the real, um, you know, it it doesn't have to be sensationalized to be cool. You know what I mean? And so we're just, yeah, I mean like that's our goal is to just do dope shit and, um, tell the real story. Yeah, basically. And that's a dope shirt. Yeah. yeah, it would be. <laughs> now we have, Howdy's created like some really cool videos that we have like in our intro. Like we have some artists from Greenland. His name is Akalu. Um, and he's a Greenlandic uh, Inuit. And he has like this really cool like house music. He calls it igloo music instead mm. of like house music. Uh-huh. And so we, we asked him if we could, you know, use some of his tracks for like our videos and stuff. And he's totally down. And yeah, it's so fun. Um, right now we, I mean, like we're all over the place. We do like some media workshops where we help kids like figure out what they want to do. Like, you know, do you want to create videos? Do you want to create podcasts? Do you want to do social media? You know, there's, we all have like different skills that we bring to the table. So we're able to do media workshops. Our most recent project was with, uh, the humanities forum called village city. And it was basically about, um, connecting urban and rural youth and um, kind of talking to them about identity. So in what ways are urban native kids similar or different from um, rural native kids? Mm. And like, are there similarities? And, you know, because all three of us, um, well, how do he grew up in the valley? But like, we all, you know, we are, we're all from rural areas. Like I grew up in Barrow or Utkervik and Jackie grew up in Kotzebue or Kikik Dagaruk. And so... How do those values translate from growing up in a small rural community to living here now in Anchorage, you know, and, and what ways do those values show up and, um, and how do we celebrate that and, and move those values forward in our culture and in our lives. So, I mean, like, that's basically what native time is. And the biggest thing with that for me, at least personally, and I, and I think it feels pretty solid to say for Jackie and Howdy too, is that we don't want to explain anymore. Like we're tired of having to like go through that process of re-explaining history. Like there's fucking books, there's articles, there's, you can Google search things. Like we're not there anymore. We're trying to think about the future. Like there's, Mm -hmm. we're not doing that added work. It's kind of stifling creatively when you have to always, always, always explain and translate and like have to tell about the past and all this stuff you know and that's okay there's a time and place for those kinds of things but like for us in native time space we want to just move forward and just be like do dope shit yeah yeah do you feel there's a lot of dwelling in the past in your guys' culture? Oh, yeah. Well, not in our culture, but the way that people perceive us and experience. Mm. I think Alaska mm. Native people, it's always very romanticized in this, <clears> like, <throat> oh, the traditional way of being. And, like, oh, this is how it used to be. And this is, like, what got people, you know, through thousands of years of X, Y, and Z. Like, whatever thing you want to say. Like, it's like, I've heard it all before. And it's just kind of annoying. You know what I mean? Mm. And it can be, it even like fucks up your own perception of like who you could be as a person is like, okay, if I'm always seen as this like past tense kind of person or like, this is what it used to be like. You can never progress. You're like tied to that and you can't Mm -hmm. like cut loose and just become what you can become. It's, it's, um, it's heavy, you know, and it's, it's stifling, like I said, and, um, it's a lot of work, I think. And so if we, 
if we're always envisioning ourselves, even in the past, then like that can have a lot of effect on who we see ourselves, you know, today and into the future. Like it's almost, um, I mean, so this is what was a big uh, focus for our Alaska Natives on the front line of climate change project. And that was um, because uh, there was a focus that, you know, Alaska Native people are, are like, you know, people who are on the coast, they're all going to be wiped out by 2050 or whatever because of climate change. Like there's all this yeah. like sensationalized, you know, media and coverage about what's going to happen to, you know, and then they say like climate refugees and, and, and those things are real. And I get that. Um, but climate refugees, I never even heard that word. Yeah. But you're kind of being used as like a political pawn in a yes, lot of that. Exactly. Mm. And, you know, and, and they never once asked, like, people who actually live there what they think or how no. they feel. You know no. what I mean? And, and the people how it's discussing, really going. the people who are, like, the experts <laughs> yeah. probably have never even been right. there. Right, yeah. yeah. They've never so set foot on any of these places. That's a frustrating like. thing just as an Alaskan in yeah. general, not even a native Alaskan, just, like, an Alaskan in general. Mm -hmm. Like, we're always kind of put in this com compartmentalized thing of, like, that we're different. Yeah. And like, and the that we're, de type, we're right? dealing with it more than it's like, well, not really. I mean, yeah, I guess. But or like yeah. victims of circumstance, yeah. you know, and, mm -hmm. if, and if you're going to claim like that victim mentality, like that doesn't help anyone. No, one. you know what I mean? So yeah. that's what crime river, right? Yeah. And, and I'm not saying like, there's like, t let's not talk about the, you know, the crazy things that are happening. It's just well, that it's good to recognize it. I think that I don't like, if I was going to explain this to my little sister, who's Gen Z, you know, like, I don't want her to view herself as a victim. She, you rob her of her empowerment, her sovereignty, her decision making, and you know that I don't want that for her. You no. know, mm -hmm. I don't want that for myself. No. I don't want that for anyone. So, how am I going to reframe this conversation in a way that empowers her to make good decisions and to have influence and to be present and to show up to things? You know what I mean? Like that's what is important to me. It's not about us living in this moment right now it's you know about like the next generation and figuring out how to make them feel good about where they where they are and where they want to be and so that was a big part of that project it was like we're not victims you know and I don't consider myself a victim um, although some of these things are very real right and and there's not a whole lot happening about it I I don't want to say like we're going to be gone like no, you know, yeah, so no a big question for that project was like, what kinds of things have changed? Yes, of course. But then, you know, in terms of climate change or whatever, but what kinds of things have remained the same? Mm. And I think that was a big focus of that project because uh, nobody was viewing it that way. Everyone's like, ah, this is what's happening everywhere in the world. And this is crazy. And we're all going to die. And well, you know, the world's on fire, you know, the sky's falling. Yeah. So, well, it's like they're making the only solution is like, we have to reverse it instead of like, you're not going to do that. So why well, I don't even know why we're discussing that or why they're trying to discuss that's the narrative. Like, why are we not like, let's pivot. That's what you do in any hardship, right? Yeah. Anything, like, yeah, you, anything you face in your life, that's a hardship. You pivot. You don't, you can't reverse it. If you lose your leg, you don't. Grow it ain't going to grow back. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, you're going to pivot from like, how do I, yeah. how do I move forward from Literally. this? And that's like a lot of people, like, even when you are a victim of anything, even when you are a victim, if you stay in that victim space, like that's, that's, you never grow. That's or move jail. Forward. Mm -hmm. That's jail. That's, 
simply that's all it's solitary confinement i think it's about truth like let's talk about what's true right and what's happening now how can we make how can we recognize where we are today to make better decisions into the future as long as we're telling the truth you know of what's happening then we're better equipped to make decisions now and into the future and i think that is just it's important and you know sometimes the truth is really hard and sometimes it's not newsworthy, you know, newsworthy media or like yeah. buzzwords or crazy, yeah. you know, crazy things like yeah. that. And so, you know, what, what do people pay attention to and what's really real? You know what I mean? And I think that that's important. I want to uh, pivot uh, to the inception <laughs> of coffee and quack, hey. um, which is an excellent podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out, it's on Apple. Um, we're trying to convince her to do a video version. Um, coffee and quack. <laughs> What does quok mean? Quok is the Inupiaq word for frozen or raw meat or fish. So I use coffee to kind of represent keeping us woke. Um, and then quok to represent examining our topics through an Alaska Native lens. Um, I know I know woke has a different connotation now. I mean, in 2022, and it's not always great. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, you know, it was it was cool at the time, and I was just kind of going for it. And it's basically just about bringing us, you know, awareness, basically, you know. And so, Coffee uh, and Quack is a podcast um, to celebrate and explore contemporary Native life in urban Alaska, in all its complexities, in all its um, different, you know, experiences and colors and. Um, it really started because I remember listening to the radio one morning before I was going to work and they were just like talking about who Justin Bieber was dating. And I was like, I don't give a fuck who Justin Bieber is dating. You know, like I'm, you know, how, how old was I? I think I was like, I'm 28. My life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm 28. I'm in your back. I'm going to work. Like, I don't care. You know, I want to listen to something that I care about and I'm interested in. And um, at the time, you know, my partner was listening to a lot of Joe Rogan and he would kind of fill me in on like what was, you know, who he was interviewing, what he learned from a podcast episode. I'm like, how dope would it be if we could do that? But like have an Alaska Native like angle and like mm -hmm. to really talk and educate each other, because like the more, you know, you know, the better we all are. Right. And not just any people, but everyone. And so I kind of just wanted to explore that and. I was so inspired by, um, I had started it when I moved back from college. So I, I graduated in 2014 from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University um, with a Bachelor's of Science in Aerospace Studies. I know it was a mouthful. Um, Damn. I know. And <laughs> what got you into that? <laughs> yeah. Just, let's rabbit hole for okay. a second. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Um, well, yeah. I wanted to be an quick, astronaut quick for oh, sure. Okay. When I, oh, okay. I grew up... Um, in Kervik, uh, uh, an astronaut came to visit my village when I was like, I feel like I was 10 years old, maybe, or 12 years old. His mm. name was Harrison Schmidt. He was, he was a geologist, um, and he had gone to, he was a, who studied the geology of the moon. Mm. Um, and he came and he spoke to um, our village, and I was like, dang, man, if this guy can do it, I feel like I can do it. You know, I can, I can be whatever I want. And I was like, I want to be an astronaut. And um, so I was just kind of figuring that out, and I went to, um, I started school at Embry-Riddle in Arizona, and then I went. I transferred from the sister campus in Arizona to Florida after I had a um, an internship at the Kennedy Space Center um, oh, one sick. summer. It was fucking dope, yeah. And so from that moment, <coughs> when I was like 19 years old, I had 
like six more internships there, five more at the Kennedy Space Center, and then one at the Johnson is that, Space is that Center the one in Houston, in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Can it, yeah. At Cape Canaveral. Mm-hmm. Super boring if you're not into it. <laughs> I mean, it for was, me, like I got forced to go do this thing. I'm like. Is there a spaceship going to go up? Oh, no, there's not? Oh, okay. Oh, no, you didn't get to see a launch? <laughs> I didn't get to see shit. Dude, the oh, launches were the best. <laughs> no, there was no oh, launching. There was no launching. It was like eight hours in a car on the straight road <laughs> to a building. It was like a camp or something? <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I remember going and just being like, this is not Disney World or Disneyland <laughs> this is not or the Bush Gardens or none of this no stuff. Rockets. Like my parents no. wanted to go and I'm just like in the car and I got to yeah. go to the thing because my dad wants to go. <laughs> You're like, mass is not that cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to go on the roller coasters. <laughs> Dude, no, I, well, I thought it was going to be like all space age type stuff. You know, like if you think you're going to the, the Kennedy Space Center, you think like the doors are, doors are going to be like, yeah. or like it's going to be like, so it's stuck in the fucking 60s and 70s probably still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the coolest thing about that is obviously the launches. So I'm sorry you didn't get yeah. to see a launch, but that was the dopest thing. I got to see three shuttle launches and then one shuttle landing, and that was so cool. That was in Houston. No, wow. no, no, no. Oh. I was in Cape Canaveral. Oh, Houston is more um, astronaut focused. Oh, like, okay. It's the yeah, I don't really know. Neutral buoyancy. <laughs> and like, yeah. Um, you mentioned radio, and 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 we had talked before we started recording on like you, that. You said your dad had a really huge antenna, and I know just in general in rural areas, radio is huge. Um, you know the weather, um, the shows. VHS, you're talking about. Um, CB radio. CB, yeah. Well, just in general, just in general, like that type of communication, whether it's weather or, you know, just between families. or Tundra talk. Yeah, different things like mm-hmm. that. So explain to us, like, uh, <laughs> about your dad's putting up this huge thing, and that must have just sparked your mind as a child to, to lead you to where you're at now. I don't know. I never thought about it that way, but I guess you're right. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is how we communicated with one another in the village it's basically um you know i wasn't always interested in like contacting so he had a huge antenna at the top of our house and um you know you can reach so many people he was so proud of it and he was you know so excited would he be like this goes all the way to sick (laughs) yeah exactly like he was all about this is seven thousand watts (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then like when it got windy and stuff he would all like be watching it like a dog you know like to make sure that it doesn't fall down and it's not like bending he's got the cables all (laughs) so i mean he was it was the it was it meant business, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but what I really love... Pride and joy. Yeah. And then everyone has these in their house, the VHF yeah. radio, mm-hmm. you know. And so what I just loved about it is that it was in everyone's home. And then people just kind of use it for normal mundane things, not just camping, not just whaling. I mean, obviously, we would use the CB radio um, when people would, ca- like a crew would catch a whale. And then they would use these radios to summon other crews to help with, you know, um, towing and things like that Mm. and make sure that everything's safe and all that kind of stuff. So it was a form of communication in, you know, vital times like that. But it was also just kind of like bullshit, too. Like you're just reaching out to even if it's just your neighbor, you're just like, good afternoon, good afternoon from our our home base was Savik 2 base because my dad's Inupak name is Savik and he was named after Savik 1, you know, and so he. He called himself Savik 2. Um, 
And so it's just, it was always so funny to me. And then like, sometimes you have these people that like get on the radio and are just like ridiculous and just want to talk. And, you know, and, and then sometimes you have people that are like inebriated, you know, drunk and shit. And they'll just be like hey, talking. You just, shit. Like, you just turn it down. Like, oh shit. Fucking Bob, up? Bob's yeah. at Over. it again. <laughs> yep. He's had a couple of beers. You know. Somebody Everyone's take his listening. radio. <laughs> Somebody take his radio. Hey, turn your mic off. Well, that's the funny thing because you can't like, I mean, you could turn your own radio off, but there ain't no going over it. So whoever's mm -hmm. speaking at the time, everyone's listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, that leads to the tagline, right? For your right. show, which yeah. is radio check anybody copy. And it's yeah. basically just, you know, it's really just, uh, are you there? God, it's me, Alice, you know, like, it's like, is anyone out there? And if you are, then say what's up, you know? And yeah. that's what I, I, that's what I really loved about it is, you know, that you can just, um, it's just like another form of community. You know what I mean? You're just talking to people. Yeah. It's almost like the internet before the internet, yeah. but with less features. Before yeah. the cell phone. Right? It's cool. Well, it's yeah. cooler than the phone. Because a phone, you're calling a specific person. Right. Yeah. And they either answer or they don't. You're like, you're just asking for anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, everybody's yeah. listening. That's There's what was cool about. I mean, I remember CB radio. Oh, like, yeah, dude. Like, high like school. Like, my dad had, you had one, that like, in, in your truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, hey, was anyone out there? Yeah. He's like trying to talk to the truckers. Or, like, yeah, out of the totally. Way. <laughs> yeah, any coppers up there? You know, like, Smokies out there on the road? On? Yeah, Did they ever, was there anyone who kind of uh, like bogarted the airwaves and like decided like, I want to <laughs> sing this song or I created this, I want to tell this story or was it, was that like not PC, like not allowed? You know, I mean, obviously people would, it was kind of funny and annoying when people get on the radio like and being obnoxious and things like that and then also kids used to just play on the on the radio oh, too. Yeah. Oh, just like parents are out there. yeah <laughs> or like yeah someone would be like um even like mothers would like summon their kids they're like if you see so-and-so running around like tell them to come home it's time to come home it's whatever clock you know oh, mom like calling kids out a, i mean it's a whole thing you know and yeah. um connects everyone it's awesome. It does. Mm -hmm. It does. And sometimes it's ridiculous, but then, you know, you get scolded and then some people would stop. Sometimes, you know, I think they used to just kind of press the button a oh, lot yeah. if someone's like oh, on like, a long rampage. It's like the music playing at off. some of the shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're done. Was there another um, area or culture or in the United States where that is prevalent? Or like that radio was like the main I communication. I mean, especially now, is that still a thing now? Uh, yes, definitely. Even though with phones and internet and GCI and everyone has yeah. all these ways of Zoom and all it. that well, stuff. Yeah, that what what's on uh, the public radio? Is, is it not Tundra Talk? Is it Care? No. What's the thing where you can like leave messages? Caribou? Oh, is it the caribou? Oh. What is that called? No, Tundra Talk is a podcast with you're right. With what's his name? There was a thing on public radio. Yes, where you could leave messages yeah. and let people know. Yeah, like um, hey, I'm okay, or hey, we we oh, can't get out. Everybody. Yeah, Nate. So Nate, so Nate was in the Besna, uh, when September 11th happened. Yeah, he was out in a cabin. You couldn't fly. I think that's actual radio show. 
Yeah, it's a, I would yeah, do that. I forget what it's called, but like it's a show, show service. like a like a it was eighty nine point something versus like the VHF style. That's yeah, this wasn't like house to house. This was a radio show, but but I know that that was big in rural community. Like that was the only way you could communicate. Yeah, so you would leave messages, and then like that time during the day, like oh, it's seven o'clock. Got to listen. Maybe there's something for me, and it would be a message. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, they still do, like, birthday program where, like, you can call in and yeah. say, like, I'd like to say happy birthday to so-and-so, happy birthday, and they're like, hang on, and they hand the phone to somebody else, and, like, mm. there's that, that's for sure, and, and that's regular radio. Yeah, that's the Delilah. Sure. That Delilah hit. Is that Alaska Public Media? No, Alaska Public Media, that's different. Yeah. I'm not asking. Uh, that's yeah, different. I mean, that, I know, I, I'm just throwing it out there. Well... So, Alice, we were originally talking before aerospace, aeronautics, or whatever. That <laughs> bro, I, my mind was like, <laughs> yeah. my shit was like a launch on my head. Um, you were listening. You were listening to the radio. You're on your way to work. You got back from college. So, I think we were like leaning toward the inspiration right, right. of the start of your awesome podcast. Yeah. So, I was just gonna circle back on that. Is that cool, Dan? Good with it. Yes. No, yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, we, we rabbit hole a lot. Here. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, no, a kid okay. got on the radio for a little. And bit. I usually, <laughs> and I usually am the one that like spins off out of control. So I was like, I'm gonna bring it back. You're bringing, I'm bringing it, it back. back. <laughs> well, what year well, did it start? I, I Let's go know. there. I want to know. Actually, I want to know before because as as someone becomes, it creates an idea, and I like to know like what were some of like the shitty names you came up with before, like you came up with coffee and quack mm -hmm. and and like what sparked the idea. Mm -hmm. as well and what were some of the like the steps leading up to it actually becoming what it is yeah so when I was away at school I didn't really fully recognize or realize how much of a culture shock that I had leaving a place like Utkervik to like you know Podunk Arizona or you know Florida later on Daytona Beach Florida and so oh sick yeah I had no idea what like that was going to be like, I had never even, you know, in Utkervik, we don't even like have liquor stores or anything like that. And so when we were like trying to throw down to like buy booze, you know, as an 18 year old, I was like throwing down 20 bucks. They're like, why are you giving 20 bucks? Like that could buy the whole bottle, Alice, or like that could buy the whole, you know, <laughs> pack or whatever. And I was like, well, you know, when you're in the village, this is the way it is. Like, you know, we get a bootlegged ass bottle, you yeah. know, and that's a hundred bucks. There's a, little, there's a little markup on that shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's and no, I, uh, there's no, no. drink specials. <laughs> no, 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 no yeah. happy hour up R and R special, yeah. and it's the grossest. Where, school. where in Arizona is that school? So Embry Riddle Aeronautical University is in Prescott, Arizona, oh, which is okay. about two hours yeah. north. Prescott, yeah, yeah. Awesome it's up place. in the hills, but small, it? near Flat yeah. Flagstaff. Yeah, yeah, Whiskey Row. Yes, everybody's hometown <laughs> is what they say. <laughs> it's a cool place. It's it super is. cool. Yeah, it my dad really loves cool. it. Yeah, it's beautiful too. And I was, I felt so, it was the perfect place, I think, for me to kind of stepping stone into the world is because it was so small. Yeah, because Phoenix would have been serious yeah. culture shock. Oh, so it was oh, like yeah. a nice, uh, it was like a nice, like it stepping stone step. into it. Yeah, mm -hmm. got it. Yeah, totally. Um, but it still, you know, like was totally different for me. I hadn't, at that point, I had never even been to the movies by myself before, right? Because we don't have even have a theater in Utkervik. And so I was like, whoa, this is wild. <laughs> Um, but I realized like it kind of made me uh, jaded or like angry 
um, at how much I had to keep explaining myself and explaining to people where I was from and what I ate and like who I am as a person and what kind of values we have. Oh, because they always had so many questions. Always. Yeah. Probably exhausting. Totally. Yeah, it was totally exhausting. And go to a party and it's like everybody's asking the same fucking thing oh. over and over and over again. Yeah. I, it, I it couldn't even imagine what it was like for you because I can tell you I lived in Arizona for a bit and everybody thought you grew up in an igloo. Uh, worse than that. Like I figured out how horrible the U.S. education system is right. because there was people that I knew who were like juniors in college at ASU that were like, oh man, like when you, they'd be like, you, what was it like to grow up on an island? I'm like, not from Kodiak. <laughs> like, yeah, but Alaska's <laughs> an island. I'm like, no, it's not, no, it's not it's actually not. next to Hawaii like it is on your news. Yeah. Like, Tell me how there's polar like, bears. You know, and shit did, there have you ever noticed how the way. one side is like a perfectly straight line? Yeah, God didn't create that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's a border with Canada. Yeah, but but, again, th- but, not silly, but yeah, silly questions like that. Like, and I, I mean, you just feed into it, and you're like, yeah, we, yeah, you know, sometimes you oh, have to take the dogs sled to school. It's and, fun, yeah. But it's it's I couldn't even imagine what it was like oh, for yeah. you. No, I mean it. It was fun in some ways, but I ended up learning how to have like a short answer for someone who just doesn't give a fuck and they're just like you know poking fun or whatever and then someone who's really oh, interested you could kind of pick yeah. up on that yeah it was like okay well this person just you know wants to have a party gag or whatever like okay, oh, okay. and then mm. this is this person is actually really interested mm-hmm. and like wants genuinely to know, wants to know learn mm-hmm. more right and so it was just like okay i got that and then um I don't know why I, I was like angry about it. I, I, I was just, it was tiring and I didn't understand why it was so frustrating for me until I moved back. And then, so when oh. I moved back to Anchorage, I was like, whoa, yep. like this is amazing. You know, I feel like my real true self, like I don't have to like, you know, have some kind of weird shell of a person and you know, like it, it really filled a part of like my heart and my soul that I feel like I was missing the whole time I was gone, which I didn't know I was missing, but I I mean, it's obvious now because I was like so angry and just like, um, you know, tired of explaining myself all the time. Yeah. When you moved back, did you move back to Barrow? No, I just moved back here. To Anchorage. Yeah. Okay. So so I was still like, nice um, in between like coming back to like, uh, like more urban setting Mm -hmm. from an urban setting. Yeah. Yeah, it was easier, especially, like, I don't think I would have been able to do the 24-hour darkness in Utkervik, um, like, you know, oh, straight off the Arizona. bat. After oh, being in After being in Florida. No, oh, after being in Florida, Lord, I was like, yeah. holy cow. Because I went home for one Christmas, and I was like, damn, this is what people are talking about. Like, you grow up with it. You don't really yeah, notice it. Yeah, and mm-hmm. was there Was there things, when you came back, was there things that you started noticing about Alaska that you... Yes. That are like, like what tourists notice mm-hmm. that you didn't notice as a kid. Cause you were, cause that's what, th- that's how granted. I felt when I moved yes. back. Like I was like, Oh my God, you can see Denali from Anchorage. Yeah. I don't ever remember looking at that right. my whole childhood, even though it was well, there it was just in the background every was, sunny yeah. day. And yep. then to then seeing it when I moved back was like, that's Denali. Yeah. Like I was like, you appreciate the it. Yeah. So I was the tourist more, now for yeah. sure. And there was a ton of that that I and the people because mm-hmm. that's what frustrated me the most about Arizona too was I was like these people have no soul at all like they don't <laughs> like they don't have like they just they're just going through life like 
They don't. Ha- yeah, I don't know. I just Rat felt race, like I felt like people type. just like didn't have a connection to things like mm. the people have here. That's well said. That's probably like like they just they just want to be something that they don't even really know what that thing is. They just they just see someone else has it. You know, it's like it's like what I worry about with like kids today and and how everything is like social media and reality television. So everyone wants to be a Kardashian. And mm. it's like you everyone can't be that. Yeah. Right. And you're and you probably can't like a special person can handle that. Not a lot of people can. Yeah. You got to be built for that. Sure. So you probably don't even want it. But that's how I felt about people there like they didn't there's so much more of a connection here. Yeah. With like just the planet, I don't know. Mm. People and Oh, culture too. I yeah, mean, we just appreciate it. Differently. Like we have a lot of weirdos, <laughs> but I like that. Yeah, I like that. It's unique well, in the that odds way. are good, but the goods are odd. Yeah, yeah like I, I, f- <laughs> I felt like I felt like like I, in that like when I, you go out to a bar and around ASU, it was like you felt like you're at an Abercrombie store. You're like oh. everyone is like the same. wearing the same. It's like clones. It was yeah. it was weird. <laughs> it was like a movie, yeah. and you're like. It's not as it wasn't the diversity that like mm-hmm. I what you're used to. Yeah, yeah. It was just weird. Yeah. So Alice, you moved back to Anchorage. Um, yeah. You found uh, maybe a new appreciation for, in a sense, what? Yes. Oh, I was came from feeling and, inspired. I was feeling inspired oh, again. You know, right, I, I kind of yeah. felt like I had a little fire lit back inside of me, and I was feeling inspired by people that I was meeting and connecting with reconnecting with basically reconnecting with people reconnecting with culture reconnecting with language food all of it and family even and so i would i'm almost like relearning what it was like to be in alaska but from an outsider's point of view but also a a person who's grown up here my whole life as well so i mean i was just like wow you know i was leaving these conversations with people like i wish i would have like recorded that somehow or like had it some way that I could always access it in you know some like put in my back pocket and share it with someone else kind of thing and um it it was really like that I was just so inspired by meeting people at the bar meeting people at home meeting people you know at my sister's Christmas party you know like those kinds of things like basically all of that and um that's kind of where I guess the the inception of of coffee and clock came to be um, and I, and back to what you were saying about like how people are, I totally agree with that. Like I used to go to church. I'm not a spiritual or, I mean, I, I feel like I'm a spiritual person now, or, or, but I wasn't religious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I would There's just go difference. to, yeah, I would just mm-hmm. go to church just to experience and hang out with elders and kids. Cause you don't get that at school. Yeah. Number one. And yeah. I'm sure not out at like, you know, whatever, um, what do they call that place in Phoenix? Like downtown where like, it's like college Central. I don't the know. The Bermuda Triangle. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, <we're> like <laughs> Mill, Mill Avenue. Yeah, area. you know, yeah. like that area, like ASU and shit like that. Like it's obvious. I, I was missing that part of life so much more, um, and the only way that I was able to fill it was by going to a community community church just to hang out and like nudge against elders, older people, and not even like I wouldn't even like talk that much to them i just wanted to be around them (laughs) you know what i mean to be around people who are having actual conversations instead of just like filler yeah yes exactly and yeah they were connected too right yeah connected Mm -hmm. to that place time time and place really 
Yeah. They keep coming back the same thing, having the same conversation, the same stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's a connections. What is the draw? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Do because uh, like you probably feel now like when people are asking like you when you were annoyed when you were annoyed and like angry mm-hmm. like you pro do you feel like you wish you could go back and redo those because now you could really tell like I feel like I. You kind of got, like, I got tired of, like, being the Alaskan Mm -hmm. because it was, like, everyone wanted to ask you the silly questions. Mm -hmm. But then now, like. It's like a gimmick. Like, you know how how I am as, like, a person. Like, I want to show everyone this. Because, like, this is, like, so important to me, Alaska. And it means so much. And I know, like how big of a deal it is i know how special this place is and i didn't know that growing up like when i was like high school time like i just wanted out of here yep like i wanted out of here i was like i'm over this see the world's too small know everyone i want out and then now i'm like i'm never leaving like i don't want out like i like to travel sure and see everything but this place is home and also, like, what was um, really weird to me, too, is that people didn't invest in people. Like, you were just some nobody, and nobody gave a fuck about you. Like, it was so weird and transient, the way that people would meet, you know? And, like... No one leans in. Yeah. They would, yeah. like, be friends and, like, just bump, you know, like, and yeah. then separate, and, like, and that's normal. But, like, yeah. in a place like Utkarvik, like my hometown, you know shit happens you know right and i'm thinking specifically like i remember i was dating this guy he cheated on me with his ex-girlfriend and me and her still had to see one another in the village every single day almost Mm. you know what i mean and it Mm. teaches you some kind of humility to be like okay well am i gonna make this a, a problem every time i see her or am I just going to like swallow it and, you know, f- for the better of the community, for everyone the greater good. to just like chill the fuck out and not really, Let it you know, be. yeah. And it teaches you something, I think, in that way and, and that you can't just throw people away and you can't just like, oh, I'm never going to speak to this person again, even if like it's, you know, you're heartbroken and like they've done some really terrible things or you feel they're terrible things to you. Like you still have to figure out some way to live with one another. And so the way that I made friends, it was weird to me because I was so disposable to my friends that I met, like from California and Arizona. And I was like shocked. I was like, whoa, yeah. I really thought like you were my friend, friend, not just like a party friend or whatever. Mm. And that was strange to me. And I, I remember um, in one of my podcast episodes with Jackie, um, it was Eskimo versus Inuit. And we were kind of exploring mm. this mm-hmm. idea of like, is Eskimo a derogatory derogatory term? And who says it and why? And like, you know, is that our word that we say for ourselves kind of thing? Um, she spoke about a story and I don't want to, I don't want to take it from her or whatever. And I don't like have permission to share it, but like she talks a little bit about that and like how social capital is like really important, not. it's so important in our villages and and the way that we grew up in Alaska because you rely on one another basically and you have to figure out a way to live together if you're not gonna like go out and kill this person you know what I mean you have to figure out how to live yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and conform and well you have to you have to be you have to be valuable in some way so you have to you you have to like let those things go because everyone has to have some sort of value in a small community like that. Right. Like you, well, ha- you have to be bringing something to the table. 
Well, isn't it just bring inner peace to, to not yeah, it's better. Have like, that, like, I mean, you just said like, you and, just, like when you said, I, I felt mean, like going to fight the bitch every time you see her. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> like, but you were, but you were saying like, <laughs> uncles are still bloody. Like <laughs> every yeah, time, every time. <laughs> just giving a stink eye. Like, uh, <laughs> but you were saying <laughs> how you, how you needed to do that. You like okay, I needed to make this decision and do the right thing for the better of the community. Mm. But mm. in reality, like you know, being more grown up now, like it's also better for you. Yeah, that's true. A hundred yeah. times better. Lose the weight yeah. off your shoulders. Like forgiveness, forgiveness is never for the other person. Right. It's, it's always for you. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. man. Because that's like that's like heavy. Negative is like so heavy. Yeah. Negative shit weighs a lot more than positive shit. Oh man, like, mm. it's so much harder to carry. And know. some people Even just if you don't think get you can that. carry it. You can't carry it. No, it's heavy. No, it's like gold. Some yeah. people think like they can, you know, just have a have a person in your life and then just like x them out and that's so strange yeah write them off that is a totally weird like outlandish thing that i've never experienced in calgary because you always have to see that person no matter where you are at you know and even if you don't want to you got to be prepared it's gonna happen you know you're gonna run into each other it's gonna happen yep and uh yeah birthday party or it's strange to me that people are so disposable like that for one another in other places because that's i mean it was just something that i struggled with at school for sure and i was like damn you know like i thought you were really my friend and 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 you almost seem like a weird creepo like you know i don't know just somebody like you were clingy or something yeah like and i was just like no this is just how friendships are like at home you know yeah this is is how we roll yeah you're not being weird you just gave a shit that's all (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, you invested a little bit more than them and yeah that's how you are and they aren't yeah and then at the time i i didn't even know like it was just something that i figured out and i'm not trying to do it like for the greater community that was just for my friend group you know what i mean but it does apply you know and like oh, that totally. little things apply totally. to bigger situations like that um but yeah so i mean i when i got back and i was kind of running into people and having like these really great conversations about different things about language revitalization about climate change about you know how like cultural values are in different places and and how even the i didn't even know all about alaska native community there's so many different people you know what i mean like oh yeah so many different languages and like i still had a lot of learning to do here and you just kind of want to um make it a better place you know what i mean like i was shocked that i expected there not to be any alaska native representation in a place like arizona in a place like florida but i did not expect it to be in a place like Alaska, my home state. I was like, wow, what the fuck? Like, there's nothing out there for Native kids to really see the real stories about who we really are because I would read the news every single day and it would always just be, like, some crazy stuff, you know, like, ridiculous, like, you know, kind of defining Inupiaq people or Alaska Native people by, like, disparities and and things that we're struggling with when all communities struggle with those kinds of things. But, like, it's for some reason it's focused on for Alaska Native people. And I was like, dude, this is not what I see. This is not what I grew up with. This is not what I see today. How can I make it more reflective of what I know and understand to be real? You know, and so that was, like, the hugest push for me. It was just, like... Let's show and share dope stories and like interesting things and like things that aren't there that make people say, hmm, you know, and like rethink things. And, and so that was the biggest push. It was just like, there's so much to know. And 
every single podcast episode that I listen, I mean, that I record and do or whatever, like I learn so much, you know what I mean? And oh, I'm yeah. sure you guys know that because you yeah, guys the do research and the conversation and yeah. then afterwards and the connections, right? Yeah. It's just been so fun. And, and, and like, I swear to God, all the people that I've interviewed, like they're friends, you know what I mean? Like they're my friends now. I don't just yeah. think of them as like guests or interviewees or whatever. It's really it's a continuing um, relationship that, Right. Keeps progressing and growing. Right? I think it's yeah. the best thing that came out of COVID. 100%. Mm. Like mm -hmm. podcasts, period. Yeah. Like podcasts have exploded over COVID. That's yeah. true. That's, where, like this, that's where this one came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's when, I mean, maybe it's just me that just started listening to them because of COVID or what. Maybe I, a I don't bit know. Of both. But like, it's, it's definitely a, like, I think it's a, I think it's the best. Wow, the news, the positive and twist, media platform there is like long form, yeah. long yeah. form like that is by far the best because it's you're getting truths. You're not getting just buzzwords and questions that they've answered a million times. Yeah, like forty-seven second like, news flash. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting to see it's like, like actually really a piece on. of somebody. Three mm. hours, two and a half hours, two hours, whatever. Yeah, like that's a you're gonna people can't hide in that time period. Mm -hmm. Not really. Like, not even a now when you good, those maybe a good calls, politician you know probably saying? can still hide in two hours. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> they might, they might have enough bullshit in them to last two hours, but yeah, but it's something a, yeah, leaks you out. You get, you get to, you get to <laughs> actually see people and experience people, and the conversations I think are cool and yeah, I'm and you and you guys like you know to fill your to fill to make the episodes, you guys gotta like. You got to be reaching out to guests who are not just like your lane. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hell no. You can't dude. just do your lane. No. No. So I get you got to have, so you're going to have these people who are like, and that, and that's the coolest thing like about Alaska and that there's so many things here that like people do and are into and like their lives are like, like I feel like I do a lot of stuff and it's not even it ain't denting like what you can do here. Yeah. Like, there's so much to yeah, no. this place and two people and the, you guys are all getting to experience a lot of it. It's a, it's a super good. I mean, it's good for you guys. Yeah. Oh, I beautiful. think it's good for everyone. Yeah. Well, Whether you're not you're learning, you're just or learning wasting time. Or, yeah. Or even just gaining some entertainment. Yeah. Well, and it's fun to chop it up with other podcasters. And I say that like kind of lightly because I'm, because you're a podcast. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's official, bro. You're I like, mean, what you're episode really is this? Like a podcast. Eighty-three. Yeah, you're a podcaster. I mean, Alice is I a podcaster. She's like legit. Like, and we we had this uh, same sentiment for Cody. Like, it's an inspiration. Yeah, it's like you went out on a limb. You went went for it. Like, you didn't give a fuck what anybody thinks. You're gonna do this thing. You believe it. You're convicted in your in your thoughts, in your stories, in your your values and the vision of what you're, you know, yeah, but you're you're all you're all of those things too. You well, I know you it's just, just don't have a cool bio. Not, not yet. <laughs> like you just need to sit down and write a good bio, yeah, bro. It's, it's about time to start building that shit. Up, like, yeah, it's we not gonna, like her bio didn't even have half her shit on it. There was nothing in her bio about aeronautics and gonna be an astronaut <laughs> like she's like she had so much shit she just left that out like that's oh not and a by the deal. way i saw three rocket launches six internships <laughs> with nasa yeah. didn't even make that's the cut deal. no yeah. <laughs> no nah, but it's just it is just um 
it's just another avenue um, that I didn't even know that was even like a thing that you could do to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And um, like this particular topic that we're we're discussing today and and what you represent, it's really important to me because I'm like very prideful, lifelong Alaskan. And I can say that and it can sound all cheesy and like fucking Alaska this and Alaska that and just like ice road truckers and fucking crabbing, blah, blah, blah. Like that's what we're trying to do different with with the, the podcast yeah. is to shed a different light on it. I think all Alaskans <clears throat> want to get rid of those things. Those yeah. And, reality but, shows. But like the 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 like true like grassroots or permafrost <laughs> of Alaska Native right. culture. Yeah. It, it, I mean, to me, it's like really important because, again, I take a lot of pride in being a lifelong Alaskan. Like, I, I say this, like, I feel like a Native Alaskan because this is all I know and this is where I was born and this is where I was raised. And well, I'm not, you, I'm you not, are, you, I'm are not Ala- saying you are a Native Alaskan. You're that, just I'm Alaskan just saying, Native. like, the, that's mm. what I'm saying. Like, I feel like, that's how deep my pride and yeah. like joy and and how much I love this place and and the real like truths and history of it. It's like I wouldn't really be here if it wasn't for that. So it's yeah. it's like I don't know, man. It's a to me, it's a big deal, and it was like really cool to finally get to broach this topic because mm-hmm. we haven't really had an opportunity to like go down this lane yet, mm-hmm. and it's also like. I don't know, man. Am I am I wrong or right? Like it's no, a little I, bit sensitive. Like it's I, no. Like, I think what it is. Got to be careful a, with this. Yeah. There's like, a lot of respect. I think is what the main word is. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of respect mm-hmm. for the cultures and the people that are have were here way before us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you always want to approach these type of topics or these type of uh, communications or conversations um, with the right angle and the right light and with the utmost respect. Because even though you have been here your whole life, and maybe your dad and your mom was here their whole life, there's generations upon generations upon generations that were here way before us that we wouldn't have this opportunity if they didn't start it. Okay? Yeah. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. I, yeah. I, I think it is. And not uh, just start it, I think even suffer through it. Yes. You know, there's a lot of dark history that isn't really spoken about, and there's a lot of trauma. And I don't, well, I don't like to focus on those things at all, especially in my podcast. Um, but it's those are truth. real. It's a truth, though, right? And yeah. they come yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, there's yeah. it's not a focus, but it definitely comes out in certain like conversations and certain guests and stuff like that. And and it's real. And that's okay. I mean, it's okay to just acknowledge that. It's just we don't want to stay there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you don't want to dwell on that. Yeah. No, I think they should be used as teachable moments. Like yeah. mm-hmm. those times in history, like how to grow from it. Like I don't like I, I mean, I don't know how anyone else feels about it, but my opinion to be hundred percent candid is like I don't like all the, the cancellation stuff and the taking down of stuff. Like I don't think that you're not fixing it by doing that. Like change the stat leave the statue there change the statue change what's said under that like or change the perception of put the, the real story mm-hmm. tell the real story of mm-hmm. what that was and like you don't have like it doesn't have to be a statue doesn't have to be like heroic or like yeah. you're making this person Iconic. bigger than they were yeah. like you can use that as a teachable moment and 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 use it to educate people on yeah. like the shit we got wrong yeah because we're gonna get more mm-hmm. shit wrong like that's just 
life. Yeah. yeah. Human nature. And yeah, it, there was a, there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of bad. But you don't fix it by erasing it. No. I don't think it didn't happen. I don't think so. No. Like a like a statue of Columbus on wherever wherever he was at. Like instead of just tearing it down so no one no one knows that that was there, leave it there so that maybe children can have questions and be like, actually, you know what this yeah. guy did. Yeah. Let's know? let's like let's change the like let's change how we're teaching it. Yeah. Let's change that. Like let's write the history. You know, like you know, the, they always say like, well, history is always written by the victor. You know, yeah. right? So it's never, it's never the truth. Yeah, because it's not written by the the people the that were defeated. Lost. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where I, I just feel like you shouldn't try to erase it because it doesn't work. Like it, you, you know, I don't, like, I don't think you erase it. I think you explain it. Yeah, that's what I think. And and I wish we did a better job that and 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 like you know you can get caught up in 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 like how you're saying like all language has always had like derogatory and ra- I mean I don't even want to call it racist because I don't necessarily well, think that it was probably. always came from a racist like a hatred point of view it was just like a derogatory thing that you said to like make fun of someone maybe and then it gets turned in it gets it gets hijacked. And then it gets turned into something that's like bad and evil and dirty. And, and we, I think we're all guilty of it in a way. And I think like, I know for me, like having the experience of like, you know, being not going to college. So working construction and like, I got, I got to spend time in villages that I would have never spent time in and worked there. And mm. like, that shit erases all that stuff that you like you just thought this is what native yeah. communities were like because the actual that's experience what people told it. you and then you go there and you're you like know any it's not like that at all yeah and i think like i i saw i saw this ted talk once where it was a guy from the middle east and his ted talk was basically he was just saying like if you want to solve like racism and nationalism and all the hatreds in the world just give everyone the ability to travel the world and it all goes away yeah because all of it, see it all of it is a lot of it's born out of ignorance because you're just hearing something like these stories just get passed down about a certain people or a certain whatever like how you're saying like inuits and athabascans were like at war and like you know and yeah, I, 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 I remember, <laughs> I remember working in Fairbanks, and the native guy that was on our crew, like we were going to this bar, and he's like, "I can't go to that bar." He was at the basket, and he was like, "I was like, what do you mean?" And he's like, "That's an Inuit bar, and oh, really? like I, they will fight. It's a big no, they, I will get in a fight in there. Like, mm. and I was like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know this about like native yeah. culture at all. I was like, really? Yeah. Still, I was like, still mad." Yeah, I hadn't. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. Like I'd never heard of it. Like, well, if you if you look back anything. in history, I mean, that is really what pushed different peoples into different regions was them warring with other um, other tribes, um, other villages, and then obviously the loser has to move on. So it, it came down to pride hunting grounds. Whether you were um, hunting from you know 
the northern region or the wooded region or the taiga or the ocean and then whatever the the dominant group in that would just push out the other group and so yeah. that in turn pushed them towards another area or another section until eventually um you know people had to go to islands you know and from there was born a whole another tribe where where they learned how to survive and how yeah. to hunt on those areas and that all came from war and from battle yeah you know because obviously you know families and groups and people don't always get along and that comes with war and that comes with battle and then from there you have to the loser moves on that's yep. just been happening in history of the world forever well yeah i mean yeah animal kingdom right well, I think number one, the biggest thing between Inupiaq people and Athabascan people is the Brooks Range. So I think that was definitely oh. definitive in some sort of way. The natural border yeah. break. Because that was where they met, right? Yep. And so, and then there were people like Jackie, who's from Kotzebue, and up the river in, in uh, Kotzebue is kind of like a different vibe, too. Like, that, she said her grandmother, I think, like, spoke several different languages, which were these were established trade routes you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. all up and down <clears throat> northern alaska interior of, of alaska and so these places that were on the cusp and on, from one maybe a yupik village to an inupak village to an athabascan village is you know like if you can speak several languages then you can just probably make bank right there you know what i mean mm, yeah, oh. yeah. And, and resources and not money i'm talking diversify. about like resources and yeah. that kind yeah. of thing um yeah i mean I, it's so interesting and, and it's it's weird because we talk i mean when i hear you talking about it it sounds like it was like the some very long ago thing and like it was just like human evolution but i don't really feel like it was like that it's just a misunderstanding and like an ignorance of how life used to be in those days pre-western contact i think it was mm. very minimized in the sense that like we were barbarians or savages or whatever and we didn't have like complex familial relationships and trade routes and things like that because that all existed that was like it was it was working you know what mm, i mean and yeah. it was in place and it was working good like it was regional yeah. and everybody did their thing and yeah i mean there were <clears throat> beads that they found on the north slope that were from italy like there were trade routes all the way to Italy, and uh, I mean at that time, you know yeah. what I mean. Like they had yeah. certain things, and I just feel like it's always, um, and we're still coming to this uh, reclamation and this revitalization of coming to understand the real impacts of those kinds of things because of it being written about in this sensationalization of like the doctrine of discovery, right? The doctrine of discovery was that all land is yours if you're Christian or whatever. And if, it, if you're not Christian, then you're not able to keep that land. That was the whole like, Western expansion. And because Native Americans weren't part of that, they, you know, other European nations that were Christian at the time, like they felt like they could just come and take land. And so with that came like this bias. Like I just read an article recently and it was um, the first international polar year, which was in 1882, which is not that long ago, honestly. And it was like the first oh, um, expedition to Utkervik that um, was, I think, sponsored by like the Museum of Natural History or something like that. Some like scientific folks. Anyways, they wanted to come and like take scientific data um, and I don't think they were planning to do, like, anthropological work. Excuse me. Um, but they did. Uh, they did. So they, like, had a whole <coughs> journal and all this stuff or whatever. 
Um, but it was all about like deconstructing like gender and like bias at the time. And, you know, if you could think about like what was going on in, you know, colonial America at the time, and they're applying those to how life was in Utkervik at the time, which was completely different, right? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So everything that they're recording and observing at the time was through this internal bias of, like, patriarchy and, like, women should be subservient to men and, like, all of this mm. stuff, right? And not all of it's great, obviously, and some of it was working, you know, for, you know, um, colonial America at the time or whatever, but the, the all, like all of the things, like all the scientific data, all of the, uh, observance of Alaska native people, Inupiaq people at the time, it was just through this lens that was just mm. casting us. And one very specific thing was that they viewed Inupiaq men inferior to white American men because Inupiaq men couldn't control their wives, which meant women had more um, liberation. They like, they were like more sexually free. They didn't have children at like a young, um, teen age or whatever, you know, like how they married teens to like old men or whatever that didn't happen. There was more like autonomy between the two sexes <clears throat> and the way that they viewed that was that, okay, Inupiaq men can't control their women. And because of that, they are a disappearing race. Um, because they're not recognizing formal marriage and family relationships mm. like or whatever. taken over almost. Uh, in not a, that women took not over, over, but that it wasn't seen that, like, m families would exist beyond, mm. like, they would continue to have children and live and thrive. It's It seemed like to them that because they weren't like married under God or whatever that, the, and they weren't like dedicated to one another a hundred percent of the time that like families wouldn't be able to live and I don't know, be successful. Expand. They wouldn't be able to build a civilization out of it. Like a big, a large, like expanding civilization. Right. They would have continued. They, they felt like they would have continued how they were, but they weren't. No, they called them the disappearing race because of this. So they thought mm -hmm. like you be like, the way that they experienced Inupiaq people is that they were going to die off soon. Mm -hmm. And if we don't save them or whatever, like if we don't indoctrinate them into Christianity. <laughs> a lot of saving going on. Yeah, a lot <laughs> yeah. of bullshit saving. Damn Christians. So, I mean, it was just a really interesting <laughs> way. And I was like, wow, I've never like seen it like from the horse's mouth kind of thing. I always like kind of heard or like felt or understood in some way. But then I read the article and I was like, wow, this is ridiculous. Yeah. You know, and that's only because, I mean, we're speaking in 2020 now, or 2022, but, um, I mean, it's just, like, if that's one article, you know what I mean, that you're reading, and, like, this is, like, centuries and just decades of information and scientific data and all that kind of stuff, it's just ridiculous to me, and it really puts things into perspective, and, I, and obviously, I know that it you don't blame people for those kinds of things that happened at the time. Like I'm, I'm not like saying, Oh shit. Like they were so dumb and like ridiculous and dumb and stupid. And yeah. that's just like, your opinion. Like, well, you don't you know what you feel, don't know. Right? You only know what someone told you or what you read. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if no one ever shows you the actual other side or the truth, how would you know? Yeah. Well, we'll be right back with it. some more dope shit. Yep. Barney sports chalet supplying hunters with the best hand selected gear since 1963. Barney specializes in supplying hunters with the absolute best Alaskan proven gear on the market for some of nature's most rugged and demanding terrain. 
Whether you're headed to the remote volcanic islands of the Alaska Peninsula in search of a brown bear, or the shale-infested glacial valleys of the Brooks Range for dull sheep, it is critical you choose the right gear for your dream hunt. Don't miss Barney's exclusive brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska, tested from the high mountains of Tajikistan to the extreme conditions of Alaska. These products were designed for high performance and durability. Frontier Gear was derived from decades of experience hunting big game in Alaska. Paired with other top brands, it provides you the absolute best gear selection anywhere in the world. Stop in at Barney Sports Chalet in Anchorage on Northern Lights or check out their custom website and reference tool at barneysports.com. Arbor Capital. Arbor Capital is based in Anchorage, Alaska, and it's your go-to wealth management company. Arbor Capital is at the forefront of digital assets and cryptocurrencies. If you've been looking to invest your hard-earned money or you just want to learn more about crypto, blockchain technology, or digital investments, give their website arborcapital.io a visit. What's great about Arbor is they provide a low-cost, transparent, research-based investment strategy for digital assets and traditional investments as well. ArborCapital.io is your first step in putting your money to work. Let one of Arbor's investment professionals walk you through your options for financial growth and security. Start investing for the future today at ArborCapital.io. Arbor Capital, your Alaska digital asset company. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. At Total Truck, you can find brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Linings Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Alaska Overlander provides 4x4 vehicles and expedition trailers custom modified for Alaskan adventures and outfitted with rooftop tents, fridges, and all the camping and cooking gear you need to start exploring. Visit them at alaskaoverlander.com. Yeah, I, I was actually watching you a little bit, like soaking it in. And you do list, you're listening like good. Like, again, I'm like, okay, she's not like. Just staring at the ceiling over here, man. She's, like, soaking it up. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And, like, you see, it seems like you have a pretty calculated-ish response or, like, you're, like, processing and then you have a good response. And, like, you know, check check these fools, man. Don't don't hesitate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Please, please do. No, I'm, Honestly. I'm not trying to check anyone. I don't think there's any good in I, I meant anyone, I meant that, like, jokingly. But no, like, I hear you. You know, like, I mean, this is the fun about this conversation, and um, it's open nature. Yeah. You know, what the topics are. Well, what's interesting is, like, uh, my older sister, Patuk, and my dad, they're, like, really great storytellers, like, mm. very engaging. You know, they're, like, super animated, and people listen when they speak. And I grew up with that. And so um, I always wanted to be that way. And I was tried, you know, and I'm, I'm always still trying. But it's just not yeah, ever going to be that. I mean, like, if you see, if you listen to my sister, if you listen to my dad, you'll understand oh, sure. what I'm talking about. It's probably but awesome like, around a campfire or something. Just like They are so great. And yeah. they're able to reach audiences, you know, across. And I really appreciated that. So I kind of feel like I grew up as a listener, you know, listening mm. to them speak. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely helped me with my podcasting and, um, you know, because uh, most of it is listening, I think. You should just, oh, yeah. uh, re- yeah. you should like record some of their storytelling and have that like 
as like a Patreon feature where people can like download those stories. I would love that. Yeah. I would love oh, to hear those Oh, it would be so stories. cool to mm-hmm. listen to those stories, man. Dude. Anyone who's like been best. through the real Alaska, like I, like we think we're real Alaskans, dude. We got like Gore-Tex and shit. Like we're not. <laughs> yeah. Like the old timer stories, like I could listen to those. Like I would. Like, oh, you just. I would literally, I would take, I would take, so I don't know. A million Red Bulls and just stay awake. I could listen for days. Oh man, the homies in the neighborhood, man, we'd have sleepovers and they would be like, "Oh, my uncle told me one time he saw Bigfoot." You know, and uh, what well, is their name for Bigfoot? Inuk Basuk. Yeah, they. That's right. They used like the native name. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I mean, these dudes were like, this wasn't like scare the white boy next door story. They were like real deal. They. Like, the way they broke it down, I mean, they, they told it probably the best way they could through the uncle, but it was, like, I was absolutely a believer in Bigfoot after that. I was like, <laughs> <What> was <laughs> if, if these boys said they saw it and they got a story on a hunting trip, yeah, and they, like, what they, and I mean, come on, you know, they, you harvest yeah. everything, they're out, they're out and there you, do the the, you do the thing, and it's like, you, you can tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah, dude, like. Yeah, man. It was. If anybody's gonna see Bigfoot for real, it's not some. I feel like it's like college, but they literally white lives dude it, hiking lives in, in Oregon, bush. <laughs> like yeah. on his one hike that he did. It's yeah. someone who's out there in the wilderness, yeah, all, all the, the time. time. Yep. Well, I used to yeah. work for my village corporation uh, in environmental permitting. When I first moved back here, I was like, okay, I'm gonna get a job and save up and go back to school for my master's. But at, so at that time, I was kind of doing this. This job, you know, just trying to make ends meet and, and to save up for school. Um, but it, part of that job was working with this group of, um, I can't remember what we called them. They're like subsistence observers or community observers or whatever, where they would go and monitor, self-monitor some of the wildlife there in different villages. And we had like maybe 11 villages on the North Slope that we were, um, you know, hiring people to be these observers. And one came back, and you know sometimes they have the Inupiaq word, and I'm like, oh, I I, know, I can I I know Inupiaq, I can understand what they're trying to say, like if it's a goose or like whatever kind of animal it was. But there was this one word, and I was like, what the fuck is this? It was Inupiaq, and I was like, what the heck? So I texted my dad, and I was like, Dad, what is Inupiaq? And he was like came back like 10 minutes later was like bigfoot and i was like stop (laughs) there was some guy in i can't remember if it was atkasuk or anuktivuk pass um one of the villages and they were like saying that they saw inuk basuk you know this location at this time you know like all this information and i was just like whoa they like for real thought they saw bigfoot out there yeah. like because they recorded it you know what i mean yeah. like it was like a recorded animal they were like okay i saw a brown bear i saw this i saw this kind of fish in this area blah, and blah, they blah. expect to see those right yeah. like you're like okay we're in this territory we're gonna probably see these and so i also funny. saw bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like dang man maybe they did but it's it's wild. i mean why would they just yeah. make it up no you know what I mean? And if there's a word, Inuk Basuk literally means big person. Mm. Inuk means man or, you know, like a person. And then Basuk kind of is like extra or more. That's what Shaq should change his name to. <laughs> Inuk Basuk. Yeah. He wants to. How, how he comes back out with a rap it? album. How do you. <laughs> you know, I like, 
<laughs> like he could be the first. Like it's like Kareem, you yeah, know, yeah. Muhammad Ali, like they all yeah. are Muslim. He's like nah. <laughs> Big well, foot. <laughs> how do you how do you spell that? I N U K P A S U K. Inuk Pasuk. That's Inupak North Slope Inupak spelling. There's badass. Yeah. It might be an N with a brow. I'll have to double check. Man. Okay. Does the new Anupiak um culture go into Canada? Yes. Oh, mm. so how far? Inuit people refers to all the way to Greenland, people right? of the yep. People of the circumpolar north, and we all oh. have, uh, like, basically a parent language. Okay. Inuit, we're all very Like a main similar. dialect? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My sister, she went to, so there's this convention, uh, or this gathering, or whatever it's called, ICC, Inuit Circumpolar Council, general, um, general something, general, like, a, a big meeting that they have in different places in, on the, you know, on, in the Arctic, and sometimes it's in Barrow or Utkelvik, and sometimes it's in Greenland, sometimes it's in Canada or whatever. Mm. Does it go to There's Russia? Nordic regions. Chukotka, I think they do, um, but it's difficult. Like, not everyone can travel there, obviously. But, I mean, does, the, does, mm. not oh, now. Yeah. does that count? Siberian Yupik, yeah. Yeah, okay. Siberian Yupik. So, Yupik is interesting because sometimes some Yupik people identify as Inuit and some don't. Um, mm. I know Sib- Siberian Yupik definitely... I don't want to say definitely, but I think that they identify as Inuit. And Inuit people just refers to, you know, everyone close to or around the Arctic Circle around the world. Mm. And um, so when my sister went to this ICC meeting or whatever, she said that she's she was speaking with them and she shared um, languages from our villages on the North Slope. And they said that we spoke an ancient language. Mm. So the idea is that they, we, like they originated from our region and branched so, off from there and they yeah and they went so the land the land bridge mm. maybe possibly i mean no, that's that would be something West. but you're saying from alaska would have started from russia oh 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 Come, like well that's what we were told i don't but know si- but sci- i don't i don't really well, not history wise i think okay science is science well is history science. wise would tell you that i mean columbus found this place <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, yeah. You mean Western you know, education? Yeah, 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 yeah. But science is like—I mean, they're finding. But I mean, the idea they is, find, they just the found, idea like, the is, is human that in the Americas, like ever, the people from like, the Arctic Ocean and the Arctic Circle area yeah. started in a certain spot and spread out, out, yeah, and branched out all the way to Russia they, to Greenland. Greenland. They started in the West, though, is what you're saying, right? <coughs> Most likely, well, no, that's what their people language. are saying. Started here and then went and east. went eastward. Yeah, yeah, mm. um, because they said like uh, Kalat. So in Greenland, they speak I think Kalatlisut, and they call Greenland Kalatlit. Kalatlisut is the language, and they said that we speak an ancient language. Like people from Wainwright, people from Point Hope, um, mm. they feel like that's almost like their homecoming. I, I don't I don't want to speak for everyone. This is just what my understanding sure. from sure. whatever I've sure. heard so far. I don't know for sure. Um, but I know Tikikak is the, uh, which is Point Hope, um, they are the uh, longest continuously inhabited village in North America. Oh, That's wow. their claim to fame. Oh, that, and then I know I, I went to New Mexico one time and they said Taos Pueblo was the, longest continuously inhabited <laughs> native in, american yeah. village like site but yeah. i mean i was like i don't know 
you got to fight with Point Hope because, like, they've been there forever. And yeah. yeah, and that's way up there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, right? And, yeah, I don't know. I, Not and surrounded by a whole lot of other land. <laughs> and like you were saying, like, they, they come up with these, you know, new findings every mm. so yeah. often. I think there was just a recent one, too, where it was, yeah. like, very old, and it just... Yeah, it beat, it beat, like, the oldest human in the Americas by, like, I don't know, 20,000 years or something. Like, it was very significant. Yeah. And it was, like, very well-preserved, I think. Yeah, we talked about this. Oh, did you? I think, no, you and I. Oh. This came up in, like, a maybe some, like, Rainfest tent talk or something. <laughs> Wow. On a sheep hunt? I don't know. But and they, I mean, Native American people have been saying that for a long time. That's yeah. the thing is and you know, and I'm very like cerebral. I've always been scientifically focused. My dad is a geologist, mm. you know what I mean? And so oh, like wow. I've always been just kind of like to that and, and always fell back fell back on that and thinking that like I knew it stories were just stories. But when you kind of like once I became an adult, I was kind of like like um, translating these stories in my mind in a way that they tell you stories so that you remember them, you know, almost like, hey, like let's, uh, any back people know that when you make people feel an emotion when you tell a story, you'll remember it more. Mistakes. Rather than, yeah, just talking about like X, Y, and Z and like, you know, like school or whatever, like you tell history lesson or something. You're not going to remember that shit. It's so boring. So if you attribute emotion um to some stories like you're better and more capable of remembering them so i mean there's some ways that like we sense i don't want to say sensationalize but like we get to the emphasize maybe yeah we i mean like it's harsh or like something's crazy or like it scares you or it's sickening or like something like that and yeah that way you. yeah and you remember it yeah but it sticks that way Makes yeah sense. Yep. So, I mean, like, there was this crazy We never remember thing. the easy shit, man. No. No. <laughs> you like, always remember the fucked up shit. <laughs> so we grew up in Barrow, Utkelvik, learning about this story called uh, the Ten-Legged Polar Bear. And oh. it's basically, like, this super-duper fast bear. Um, and it's called the Ten-Legged Polar Bear because it has so many legs, it's so fast. But when I was thinking about it, I was like, well, maybe in translation, they're they're saying that it has 10 legs to say, like, it's maybe fast. it's just super duper fast. Yeah. yeah. In that same year, yeah. um, there was someone uh, from the Arctic that found remnants of a weasel bear. And I was mm. like, it was like the size of a polar bear, but n I mean, like five times, five to 10 times larger than the size of a polar bear, but shaped like a weasel. And it's like, if it's shaped like a weasel yeah. and it's a polar bear, it's going to be fucking fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a fast oh, bear. That's yeah. creepy and crazy. And so, like, we have stories, mythological stories. I don't even want to say mythological, but, like, there are stories that we have in our in our culture about the ten-legged polar bear. And I'm like, maybe they call the ten-legged polar bear just because it's fast. Yeah. You know? And maybe it's yeah, that was the, real. Yeah, that was the best way to describe it back then when you had, like, Right. Very limited vocabulary. In language. Yeah. Mm. Not limited vocabulary, just maybe well, that's you didn't what the language a, was at the time. You don't have a thousand adjectives to describe stuff. Well, we, I, mean? I mean, we do still. Oh. Yeah, and but you, they then. probably had never encountered a weasel or something else that would they can identify it with. So they had to say, well, this is what we know. And just imagine this with like 10 feet. It's crazy to think like off topic, but like the animals we have now are like so minor compared to like what used to be here yeah oh yeah like when you see like the 
like I don't know megalodon, mastodons, the, the the wolves. The like, what's the giant wolf that they used to have? I forget what it's called, but that, like, like mega wolf thing. Yeah, it's like. I mean, everything was just way bigger, way worse, way yeah. meaner, way like the mammoth. You know, now that now that you mentioned that, like, you know, a polar bear's general like construction is so much different than like a grizzly or a brown bear or a black bear. Like they're longer; they have like long necks with smaller heads. No, I'm not saying that they're like weasel like. They're a lot angrier. Uh, maybe a little more aggressive. I'm just saying, I, I actually just read um, like a bear identification. I just, when you and I got that brown bear this spring and we were like looking at skull sizes and we we're like looking at Boone and Crockett and I started rabbit holing around. Yeah. And then I was like, bear identification. I was like, man, I've like read a lot of that shit, but not really maybe as much as I thought I did. I don't know much about bears. When I like started digging in and I'm like, oh shit, like, you know, like, Polar bears are, are really the biggest bear, but it, in general, like, not really. They don't have the biggest skulls. You know, Peninsula and Kodiak brown bears have bigger skulls. Yeah. So I was like, I had this misperception of, like, they were just, like, bigger than anything. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. And then you start looking at them and you start watching videos and photos of the different, like, how they're constructed. You know, like the big hump on a grizzly and then, like, yeah. the bigger head on, on brown bears because they eat, you know, fish. And then you got polar bears that are like aquatic you know they swim and they hunt and they dive and they do their thing it's like oh shit like they're just like different all the way across the board and a polar bear is very unique man like oh, and, and you mentioned the, the, the point hair. hope yeah the the point hope angle um uh my ex-wife worked for uh Tugiak, and so she made routine runs up to point hope and one time man she sent me a picture of a harvested polar bear and I was like, oh, shit. Like, that so happens? And I was like, then I quickly learned that, yes, that absolutely happens. But it was very surreal to see. It was a huge community, like, um, celebration to harvest a polar bear. And when she showed me the picture of her next to it, it was like, holy shit. Because they had the hideout. And it yeah. was huge. I think it's the weight. biggest land carnivore, right? Yeah. Right. And I was like, oh, my God. Really? And but that was normal. That's like, you know, yeah. like whaling, seal hunting, the, the, like maybe we can segue a little bit into this stuff is to me, it was kind of like, Oh damn. Like yeah. someone doesn't just text you a picture of that very often. <laughs> yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I'm saying? It was just kind of <laughs> like, Oh shit. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can't even have the fur. No, there was a video in Kaktolvik, which is, you know, east of, uh, you know, the, the village east of Utkervik, and they have polar bears like dogs. Like they come into town and yeah. mm -hmm. get in the trash, hide, and they'll hide under schools, under your house, and like be crazy. It's it's wild. I was like, dang man, where's this at again? Kaktolvik, uh, Barter Island. Uh, okay. And yeah, I mean, my friend Flora Rexford, she's a teacher, and their school um, tragically burned down last year, I think it was, or the year mm. before. Bummer. Yeah, and so they've been having to make do with what they have at the time, or you know, whatever's available. But like, um, for some reason, in Cocktail Vic, they see like polar bears will gather by like 
you know, tens, twenties, like, like herds, almost. like a mass. Yeah. And yeah. they, mm-hmm. you know, they're solitary animals. They don't really hang out with each other and unless they're going to mate or whatever, but like in yeah. Kaktovik, for some reason, there's a bunch that always come and Flora, she's always posting these crazy videos of them and they'll, they'll like go and they'll drive and they'll, s- and they don't shoot them and they don't bother them. Um, that unless must- they have to, unless they have to, unless they become a, um, a threat habitual i've yeah. seen uh, right I've probably seen the younger younger less educated ones that end up being those pesky yeah ones right well i mean you know i i grew up with polar bears too and yeah if, if there was a polar bear out they would tell us in the morning so we don't walk to school you know like hey okay. there's a polar bear out you know yeah. today like don't fucking walk to school <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> all right well thanks for telling me geez but um i mean it's it's normal, you know, it's normal to see them around and we all like, I, it's weird because I have this kind of feeling or this theory that our bodies remember more than our minds do, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I have nightmares oh, about totally. polar bears. I have nightmares. Um, my mom had nightmares about floods, you know, just talking about like the whole, you know, Typhoon Murbach, um, you know, West that Coast. That was fucking crazy. So crazy. I was out hunting and I came home and my wife told me that. And I'm like, what? I started rabbit holing into videos. I'm like, dude, it's terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, man, my problems aren't such a big deal like that. (laughs) Oh, seriously. You see shit like that. And you're like, wow, that's, that's like in my state. That's where I live. Yeah. These folks are dealing with that shit. Like I, I was blown away. No. It's heartbreaking. All of those Western like villages and shit like that. Like it's, unreal and i have this climate change panel that i'm gonna be on and i guess it's gonna it's like hosted by some pbs thing i don't i didn't really look too much into it which i feel a little bit bad about but um i just know that when i get on that panel i'm definitely going to talk about that for fundraising purposes because like these village you know these people that have lost their homes like there was a whole tank farm underwater like people lost so terrible man so much stuff and it is. And, and we've had that in Utkelik before. You know, we live on the coast. It's happened. Yeah. The last big one was in 1967, I think it was. And That's like an every 50-year thing. Yeah. I mean, is that's what they said. Well, they yeah. said every 100 years. But, I mean, now, I mean, if the, you know, the weather patterns are changing so rapidly, it's probably going to be, you know, more frequent. It shortens it up. And um, my mom, she has nightmares about floods like that. Because that's happened in Utkelik before, at least at Narl or the Naval Arctic Research Lab side of town. And it's been like completely underwater. And then you, you lose several feet or inches or whatever. Is that the, the east, coastline. east side of town? It's the northernmost. So it's by Nuvuk, which is the northernmost point. Um, up, up, up. North What's north. on the east past the uh, football field? Is that like, is that part of the, was that part of the um, harp? Oh, yeah. That's Pirinik, which is our old town site. And it's a site where we used to go and we still do. Uh, continue to go uh, geese hunting. Um, but there's like a military, old military. Is that Naro, part of the heart? Naval Arctic Research Lab. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's right. part of it. Yeah. So I work. That's where I worked. Pilnik is a little bit further than Narl. Okay. Yeah. So I know what you're talking about. There's it has the, the only Quonset bar. Huts. Yeah. I think no. I think yeah. Those are there. Pilnik is further north, but Narl is the Quonset huts. Oh, I think I'm talking about the. It's like part of the star wars thing that we had and then after the cold war ended well the, the Jew line 
the Cold War Treaty. Distant early warning system. Yeah. They yeah. made that be can't be manned by military personnel. NARL. We call it NARL. It's Naval Arctic Research Lab. Yeah, that's where the Navy resided. So this is a fun story. My grandfather, who's originally from Nebraska, he joined the Navy. He ended up being stationed in Utkervik. Met my grandmother, who's an Alaska Native Inupiaq woman living in Utkervik at the time. But the town site was far from Narl. It's like five minute, five miles away. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and so, like that was their, um, you know, their site, and then ours was our site. And at that time, you weren't allowed to fraternize with the natives. Yeah. So in, he ended up having to so leave. So no flirting with the local girls. Uh, yeah. No. Okay. He ended up having that. to leave. <laughs> The Navy <laughs> to marry my Aka, my grandmother. And oh, so, he fell yeah. in love. Yeah. He's like, I got to go, boys. And you know what's funny is she was doing the, the communications, like the phone thing. Switchboard. Oh, what? <laughs> like old oh, she was style. the one in the middle there. So she, so my Appa would just kind of call just to talk to her and oh, stuff. Oh, sure. And yeah. Do his own radio check. Don't yeah. pass. Don't radio pass. check. Oh, radio <laughs> check. <laughs> don't patch me through. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm Hold not done talking to you. Hold During yeah, the Cold yeah. War. Yeah, that's wild. That is crazy. That's a fun story. That is fun. It is. It is really fun. They're still alive and married today. And how much more like Midwest can that be? Nebraska. (sighs) Nebraska. (laughs) Well, if you just look at the connection in the history of families, that's pretty, that's pretty badass. Yeah, it really is. You know, when you look, when you think about like history and like how families are made up and bloodlines and stuff, it's pretty wild. Do you guys get looked down upon? If someone's like mixed race, oh, it's a good question, man. By who? By your own people, by I, like maybe exactly. elders or, or other other people in your in your community that are like, oh, she's not a hundred percent or something like that. I would say like not, not pure tradi- blood or whatever. Not traditionally. No. Uh, my sister would tell you otherwise because she's the more phenotypically white-looking person in our family. She looks mm. a lot like my dad, and uh, my dad looks a lot like his dad who's, you know, from Nebraska. Corn fed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, she, I think she had a difficult experience, and then, uh, you know, because she looked more phenotypically white, and we are we live in a predominantly Inupiaq community, um, and so I think she compensated or overcompensated a lot because of that, and so um, that's her experience. And she, she doesn't talk about it a lot because she doesn't like to talk about it a lot. But it comes out. And then um, my partner, uh, Amos, his older sister, who's my age, she looks um, phenotypically white, too, even especially when she dyes her hair blonde. And so some people will be like, who are you? Who's this white girl? You know, when she's serving at, mm-hmm. like, Nalukatak, which is our um, whale feast or whale, was it not the messenger feast? Um, the feast in the summertime, we call it Nalukatak. I don't know that I can't remember the English translation, but, uh, so when she's serving there, like they, you know, question her sometimes and she feels kind of badly about it. And, um, there has been, I have seen some people react really badly to like at basketball games, we had a white classmate and he was the son of two teachers who lived in Barrow for a long time, wrote gallery for a long time. And he said that they were really nasty to him in the villages because he was white. Mm. So, I mean, it happens. Um, I, naturally it's, yeah. Well, that leads me to my next question. Is there pressure, um, to marry 
within your own culture or your own village because there was a lot of pressure when I was a young man. My mom wanted to send me to Columbia, <laughs> marry a Colombian girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Fuck the white girls. Fuck these other girls. We're sending <laughs> you back. So I'm just curious, like, is that translate to other, other cultures? Is um, there any of that? No? No, I don't think there's any pressure. And, and these are also cases that, I mean, I think it happens, but I wouldn't say it's the rule. What do they say? It's, it's the exception, not the rule. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't think people... Here's why I say this, is because we experience the world, the outside world differently than our own home community, and we also experience a lot of things through media, right? And in media, we aren't seeing Inupiaq people or sometimes even people of color on TV a lot, right? So the idea and the, the feelings around those are different especially internally, like internalized depression for ourselves. If, if, we're, if we're not seeing ourselves in the media that we're consuming, there's also some types of like feelings of like, hey, I don't want to be Native. I don't want to be Inupiaq. And that's not to say, I mean, I, I experienced that. And I'm not saying that that's everyone's experience, but I do feel like that was a real thing, at least like, you know, in the early 2000s and that kind of thing. And especially during my sister's era too, so I think that um, she just wanted to fit in locally, you know, and if, and she was getting me in a lot of shit by my cousins. My cousins are all in you back, you know, very in you back or whatever. Um, but uh, no, I mean, to, to get married and stuff like that, that's a weird thing too. We're, we're also experiencing like this kind of re revolution in this idea of blood quantum, which was, we understand now to be a system that would like eventually... Um, erase indigenous peoples by quote-unquote blood quantum because i've never heard of that term blood quantum yeah what does that mean so there's well, i kind of know what that like means watering it down yeah so mm -hmm. i mean like this is the the reason that you're attributed to a, a tribe or that you're considered native is because you're a certain blood quantum you have to be able to prove oh, your ancestry to have to have mm -hmm. rights to like native free medical and ish, native yeah. things like 127th or something um, I, it depends on which tribe you're oh. referring to or whatever. It's different for each tribe and, mm -hmm. and that's part of tribal sovereignty. But the way that that happens is like, you're never going to like be more unless, you know, like you're in your own hometown and it's just a way mm. of like, yeah. eventually like w the way that it, the math works out is that within a hundred or so years, like we'll all be too <coughs> little blood quantum Got it. to, claim native ancestry anymore which will definitely like you know there's no way that the u.s government i don't know can say that they owe us anything or anymore i wonder if they set the mm. system up that way they for did that i mean i think that they did. that's our understanding as in about people and native people is Damn, that they so it's like a long because i mean because like i mean that's gonna be out. that's gonna be all peoples at some point right like yeah there's not that, gonna be white that's people. Gonna I mean, there's not gonna be, like right now. There's not even people that are like, I mean, you have like idiot white supremacists, and they're like, if they did their twenty three and me, they're probably not even that white. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not as white as they think they are. But yeah. as, as history like, goes it's like, on, so it's gonna like, eventually all yeah, it's all gonna together. just be. Well, also they say that 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 type of thing is good for a species. Whether you're a caribou or um, any type of herd animal, sure. you know, which is kind of what we are, yeah. um, it is good for them to 
breed with other groups in order to longevity longevity yeah. and not create inbreeding and things like that yeah. maybe yeah um for the strength of the herd for sure but to think that they thought of that when they created these like uh, yeah. laws or these rules or yeah. these rights the that's i don't know whoa, that's well, crazy you, what other what other know, demographic man. has blood quantum though None. It's only Native American yeah. people. It's Very literally true. Native American. Very people. true. I mean, I, I've, lear- I've learned some stuff <clears throat> about like actually, Big Kyle turned me on to some stuff about uh, how like welfare worked and the reason why like like he was telling me that the reason why like the black community has you know like when people talk about the black community and problems in the black community even black leaders is that father figures, right? Mm-hmm. Father's always gone. Kyle was explaining to me how like that welfare system was set up that if the father was in the home, you couldn't get welfare. Mm-hmm. So like welfare was designed to divide is as how he's yeah. explaining it. And I've like you're saying, whether that is like they, I mean, I mean, that's insane to think that someone back then, like devise this manipulative but idea when you, when that you, is it makes fucking sense. brilliant. If it makes sense systematically, then obviously it had to have been a conscious decision. That's my opinion. I don't. I don't know if it's yeah. true or not, but I think it's my opinion. I mean, it come feels, on. It like it, these like coincidences it. can't yeah. just keep stacking up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like I went to DC with my wife like a couple years ago, which I think Sorry, guys. should be a mandatory trip for every freaking American. And when you like. When you're going and you're reading, like you walk the mall and you're reading quotes from dudes 200 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Like you, we haven't had a president that has said anything that resonates to the quality of the shit that was said by Lincoln and Roosevelt. Like you read that stuff on the walls and you are like, you're looking at Trump. Yeah, I mean, Obama was a brilliant speaker. He didn't say anything like what's written at that mall. Like you are like li- literally in, I was, I was in tears and I was like, this, why is this not a field trip for every high school kid in this country? When you, when I looked around there in DC, there was, there was hardly any Americans. It was all immigrants walking that thing, taking photos, taking it in, leaning in on everything. And and you can't like that that's a trip like we were we left there going like okay, we got to come here specifically for 2 weeks cuz we didn't even touch a Smithsonian. There's like six Smithsonian. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you don't have enough time for it. Like you can't like I, we went to Arlington like that stuff is like heavy. And you're reading it, and it's like, so I 100% believe that those dudes were smart was, enough to put the shit in, mm-hmm. and and this stuff is thought out. When it went into law, like, I, I believe that, that 100% like, that like is... That, that means that they're perceiving an end game to that. 100%. Oh, wow. I mean, definitely like, at the time... Yeah, we're going to pay you back. You have to understand but for it's so gonna, long. Yeah, but eventually it's going to be done. And thank God that, thank God that, like... Hopefully. And, and that should be something that Alaska natives so how does that should be fighting for is the sovereignty that American natives have been given 
where like well that's what we're doing well you there's know, like the ongoing. cares act thing and all that too right well, like even just recently you know i had mentioned before when i first came in it was a house bill um 34 and state oh no state bill 34 and house bill 130 184 one is um recognizing that not not to say that um Tribes have uh, complete input in how education is formulated. Um, but the idea is that five schools can be a demonstration project in how... Because right now, like, the education system is, like, seriously fucking failing Native kids. And that's, mm. you know, not just because of the history of education in Alaska or the U.S., is, uh, a.k.a. boarding schools and shit like that where, you know, kids were fucking murdered and removed from their communities and, com like, completely demolished very many Alaska Native villages and people and traumatized much more. That, it's not saying that um, is what's going to happen. What, there's, what the bill is saying is that there can be a demonstration project for the state to flirt with the idea of implementing... Um, Alaska Native culture in schools so that Native kids maybe can learn the way that they were intended to learn and not like just sitting down in a classroom and reading books and like being taught to be uniform and whatever. Mm. Mm. So like trying to reimagine what education could look like for Native kids because the, you know, American system has, I mean, uh, the American government and the U.S. has a, um, a responsibility to uh, Native American kids in their education. So if that's true, then we need to utilize that and how can we make that better and give tribes and communities the authority and the empowerment to engage their own kids in a way that they think would be best for them, best for their communities. So that's what was one of them. And I feel like I'm, you know, I'm being bad now because I can't remember which one it was. It was one of those two. And then the other one was to recognize, um, tribal compacting, um, which is mm -hmm. what has already been implemented in the healthcare system where, you know, we have IHS, um, and in other ways too around America. Um, but I mean, those things are still ongoing. Like that's not in the past. That's not or whatever. Like that, those those conversations are still ongoing. And um, working at a place like AFN is um, allowing me to learn more and be engaged in that way. I kind of feel like AFN is like the parent version of me, or like you know, if I'm going to create a podcast for AFN, it would be like that. Would be like my parent. You know, like those are adult themes and adult things that I, I you know I'm really mm. kind of approaching and thinking about but like coffee and quack is just kind of like whatever I want to do you know like I'm, mm -hmm. what do I what am I interested in today and like what do I care about today but they're kind of like the next like we're taking care and fostering those kinds well of it thoughts. sounds like mm. they want to get younger and get brighter ideas on like what is what are some solutions that you guys see right that's pretty that's brilliant of them to do that too so big shout out to well, the they president. Keep they, up with they, the have, they have to. You ha they have to come up with a way. I mean, everyone has to. Like, whatever culture, you have to have a way to like get kids engaged because, like, I don't think the the power of the vote it doesn't mean the same. Like my grandfather, who was like, you know. I don't know how they define it. Are you, are you first generation American if you were born, if you're the first generation born in America? Yeah. 
Okay, so he was first generation American. His his parents were from Germany. And you know, he fought World War II against the Germans. And uh like to him, like if you didn't vote, like my like if 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 I was to tell my like if my daughter didn't vote, my grand like I feel my grandfather would be rolling over in his grave, right? Like that is like an important thing to that generation. And I think to like the younger generation, like they feel like their vote doesn't mean shit. And I think like getting like everyone's got to get younger people more involved in this shit because otherwise we wind up with a bunch of 80 year olds running shit. Well, it's literally like a newer version of a monarchy based on capitalism. People who have money can influence other people. Like That's why nobody gets in trouble when you have hella money. You yeah. know what I mean? It's literally a monarchy, and whoever and has the most money can pay for whatever they need and the votes. And it deters <clears throat> kids from feeling like they have any power at all, but they do. If, if, if they come together and they all vote. Well, that's the thing. Is like I don't know if that's true. I feel like that's what they t they sell us. <clears throat> well, I mean, yeah, but you they have to come together. You have yeah, the, the system has to change. But that isn't going to happen from the top. <laughs> the top ain't changing the system. Mm -mm. No. Cuz the top is no. the system's built for the top. It's the internal culture. So the bottom so the bottom has to so mm -hmm. like like I tell my daughter, I'm like I get it. I get why you don't want to vote federally. Like I get it, especially being an Alaskan like they're already fucking popping champagne before our polls are even done county like i get that but you better vote locally you have to vote locally that's true and that, that's another thing that i wanted to ask you because i i don't know the opinion of like an alaska native of like for me like i like seeing the states have more power and the federal government to just like stay out of our shit and I don't know, like, if you feel the same way. Would like, would you like to see our state control more? A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. And even furthermore, I would go into saying, like, I would rather see my tribe being able to, oh, at least even personally, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. as an Inupak person, because that is, you know, government to government type of. It's supposed to be government to government type of stuff, and sometimes it's mm. overridden and I don't know, ignored or whatever, but. I completely agree. We see eye to eye on that. Like, that's for sure. I would rather, like, especially things on, like, abortion and, like, all that kind of other stuff. It's like, dude, I don't need other people who feel some way in the East Coast, you know, yeah, to, Vermont, to tell you how you tell do things yeah. how up here. Alaskans mm -hmm. need to live. Well, the whole COVID thing, too, right? Like, that was a big thing. And, like, that was completely on, on showing people, too. like, Hey, like the federal government shouldn't just be making decisions for everyone because like New York City is not fucking Anchorage. Yeah. yeah. Like we yeah. have different, we like, we're not yeah. on top of each other. Like, like all, all of it. But uh, mm -hmm. just like I, my experience in Arizona, like I saw, you know, I, I had some friends that I made down there that were American Indian and they like, they lived on a reservation. And so I went to a reservation and I like there was so much negative about it, but at the same time, like when they when they took that power and like yeah, I, I know it's casinos and and shit like that. That's like 
you know, sin taxes. But when they took that back and they made that money, like I feel bad that like Alaska natives don't have that. And I went to Metlakatla and like they're not an Indian reservation, but they kind of consider themselves that. They are. I mean, legally they are. Oh, they are legally. Legally, oh, really? Metlakatla is the only reservation in Alaska. <clears throat> okay, that that's how they said how? it to me, but I thought like they weren't that like recognized federally or something like that. But but I loved that about like, and they were very like. I know when we went there, we had to go like we worked there, and so we had to go, and you had to do like an interview system with the um, with the local like elders before like you got approved but then you had to get like approved approved and so you had to go in and talk and then they broke down all the rules like you break this rule and like if you get a speeding ticket in metlakatla <laughs> it's metlakatla like it's not, it's not gonna count on your alaska driver's yeah, license yeah, yeah. but you better fucking pay metlakatla and i was like okay that like why and i and i spoke to the the guy, the guy that ran the fit because it's a it's across from Ketchikan, it's an island, mm -hmm. and so he he ran the ferry, and he he was born and raised in Metlakatla. He left there, he went and got his like license, and he wanted out, and he wound up getting a job running the ferry back and forth, and now he like same like you me, you know, you leave here and then realize like no, okay, I know I wanted out, I but now I back. want back. <laughs> and so he's he's doing that and and I, talking to him and you know I think they're sh I'm gonna mess it up but Shimshin, 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 yeah, I mean. and they're like they're like warrior culture, like there were some bad motherfuckers, but he was like he was like we took that ferry a lot, man, and I would just like sit up there in the like. Captain's Bridge. Captain's deal. Bridge with yep. him and just chat because he was like, he had so much information and I, I was just like picking his brain about like, why are more, why are more native communities not trying to do what you guys are doing? Because like, you're reinforcing your community and you're making revenue for your community and like, it's so awesome that you're, that everyone's banding together to do that and like, you know, they would like, if, if, People got, if like people from the community got caught like bringing in alcohol and it wasn't like, I think you can bring it in, but you had to like declare it kind of. And if you were like sneaking it in, you got caught, like they were banished for like time periods, you know, like, oh, okay, wow. you can't come back for like, so they like, they had their own rules. And I was like thinking like, it's like governed why is this way. not being done more where you're like, that happens. Maybe though. you can't. So yeah, how did they get away with that? Met or not get away, but how did they establish that? That's normal. I mean, so yeah. Metlakala is a federally recognized tribe. So is every other tribe in Alaska. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's just they sold their land away to be on a reservation. Um. Whereas ANCSA, the Alaska Native Claim Settlement Act, there was, um, we lost land too. We lost like I don't know however many millions of acres of land in Alaska during Inksa, but we also retained some for village and corporation use. Melikatler refused to be part of that, I think because they took a cash settlement. Many of us oh, took okay. a cash settlement. But so, like, the yeah. so the native corporation they, is the other version of like reservation? Yes. 
Oh. So there's. See, he only told me his side, so yeah. he couldn't explain it like that. Okay, so that makes sense then. So Melikatla, in some ways, because I mean, you took a cash settlement, basically, right? They f- feel differently, and they reacted differently. Where's Metlakatla? Do you guys know on the map? Yeah, right it's across from Ketchikan. Okay, so southeast, far southeast. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Right yeah. So I mean, in in many ways, they were able to do that. Okay, because like in a place like Utkalvik or the North Slope. You're huge. I mean, it's huge, but it's a massive, expansive area. They're small. They are small. Tiny. But it's but it's also um, a place that like we can't just uh, like be part of the U.S. and assimilate and like think that like we're going to sustain ourselves or like whatever. You know, we we needed number one to we needed to retain our land for hunting and subsistence rights for sure. Number one. Yep. Number two, we needed a way to financially take care of our people for the you know foreseeable future sure, sure, yep. and um the i don't know and i don't claim to know anything about like why met the made those decisions or whatever in the beginning and that's okay and and that's fine but like um for the north slope we needed some control and it took a long time of negotiations to figure out you know what's what and they at that time they figured out surface rights and subsurface rights so like oil and then you know and then also like logging and shit like that which is prevalent in the southeast but not existent in (laughs) you know the arctic no not at all so i mean there were different reasons for different decisions and then also you had to be um majority native to make um decisions on behalf of your village or tribe like you couldn't just be like a white settlement in some homesteading place in Alaska and try to do Alaska Native Claim Settlement you Act. Have you have to be 50% plus bloodline. Yeah. So that's definitely mm. where blood quantum came into play. Mm. Um, I don't claim to know anything, and I, I'm not an expert. I have no idea, and I'm still learning what everything Inksa had come to be. So I don't feel like I'm a great person to talk about all those kinds of things, but I do feel like... There was um, some leadership on behalf of Alaska Native people to say, hey, this is what we need to do, and this is what we need to do to play the game of America. You know, like Game of Thrones. No, this is yeah. Game of uh, American so Thrones. The, the native. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Okay, so then, so the now na- that now you're explaining, it, the Native Corp is a better play. Yes, if you yeah. look at like who totally. who, who, who made yeah, out a better that, deal. You explained it. It's a better yeah. play. Yeah, definitely mm-hmm. a better play. They got a better okay, say. Okay, so I guess I saw. Right. So I guess we uh, also retained yeah. our tribes. So we have tribes. Like yeah. Native Village of Barrow is my tribe. And then ASRC, Arctic Slope Regional Corporation, is my regional corporation. Then we also have a village corporation that manages our lands. So, like, that's um, the different layers. And that's completely different from the Native American reservations, you know, of the early American colonial America, right? So, like, those are different. And I'm not saying it's any better. I'm saying that, like, we learned a lot from what happened during the reservation era because yes. those people are stuck there. They have to make That's do. all they got. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying it's bad, but, it, like, that's that's yeah. what happened. I don't yeah. know what I would do if I was put into, like, a fucking a box like the Baskin area or whatever. You know, like, yeah. someplace that we have no idea what to do. And then we just have to make do. That's the mm. thing. And in some ways, we were able to 
retain some dignity and some land, but like it, it doesn't mean that it, it fixed all the problems. And I'm not saying it's no. an end all be all or save all. Like there's obviously things that need to be revision, yeah. like revised and revisited yeah. and stuff those, like those kinds of things. But it was a good move at the time for Alaska Native people because of what it secured for us into the future. And, you know, and that can't be said for every Native person. Either. I don't represent. Well, they gave you guys all the choice. Sure. Everybody has their own opinion on that. Yeah. Well, even some tribes like Atna, they chose not to, right? They chose not to enter into that settlement act. And so they got a different, like, deal. So there's different, like, everyone, I think, I think the one thing that is okay, so legitimate is that they, did. they gave you guys some sort of choice, right? I think. To decide, like, do you want to be a part of this or do you not want to be oh, a part like of a this? Regional decision. This is what you get if you join this. This is what you don't get if you join this. And people weighed the pros and cons. You know, villages okay. and, and elders weighed the pros and cons and decided, I guess, at the the worst of both evil, like the best of the evils. The, le the least. The least How of the evils. You, okay, so. This is why AFN was created, was to create a unified voice on behalf of Alaska Native yeah. people to advocate for our subsistence land rights use. It's what It wasn't never about money. It was always about maintaining our way of life and not having things change dramatically even thing, even though things change dramatically anyways mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah that's why afn was created was to create a unified voice to have to power in numbers the government and to the state yeah to be like hey this yeah. is what we're advocating for and it ended up being very successful and that's why we have AFN convention every year is to bring awareness to the issues that Alaska Native people are seeing and, you know, are confronting and bring those to our leaders statewide and federal. Yep. Do, do you see after these conferences, um, I imagine year after year, there's like things that are re repetitive in terms of like, we need to change this and there hasn't been any movement or uh, do you see anything like really shift after these gatherings, these these meetings, like, is there anything like that stands out to you? Um, to be honest, I wasn't, and I still haven't. I mean, just maybe in just the the chatter. I mean, like in so like, I'm I'm not a huge policy person. Sure, you know what I mean. And I'm working at AFN, but like, I'm mm -hmm. in. I enjoy and love media and culture, and like, even maybe when that's I was more or less where the questions coming from is like the hearsay okay, part. From villages and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, like the the chatter. Well, definitely, you know, and yeah. what's interesting though within the last few years is two corporations had exited AFN. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's a big deal. The first, and yeah, it had never really happened before, and I remember it was strange and weird. ASRC and I think TCC uh, Tanana Chiefs Conference from the Interior had both. Uh, maybe they haven't made it official yet, so. Maybe you should take that part out. I don't. I don't think they have made oh, it official. Is that the cut? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't had a cut in a while, Alice. ASRC, Listen, it's like, I'm sorry, ASRC. We'll Alice, it's okay not to know everything about everything. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't okay. expect you to be the full. Yeah, no, no pressure here. I mean, no, I mean. Well, what this does is it opens someone to be like, oh, actually, and they'll message you and like we can. Yeah. Okay. You know, we're, we're not professional. We're we are we don't know expect to know everything and don't expect you to know everything i know there's a lot of like <laughs> conversations of all this stuff that's happening right here and it's like yeah. we're just talking well, about it anybody yeah. that's listening like we are not the professionals on this we are just discussing it we're having an open conversation and it's going awesome yeah for the record uh, i'm learning a ton yeah this is I like really beautiful. appreciate it 
<laughs> we need Seriously. to take a quick Seriously. break. I was I thinking really, so. After I, I really got to pee, and I want to come back. <laughs> okay. And the topic I want to come back with is uh, tattoos. Oh, there we go. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because, honestly, there's always something good on deck. And, guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Since 2008, Serrano's is Anchorage's own new generation of Old Cocina. Their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through the generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display trad flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas, salsas, carne asada, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience their tradition and some bore for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights, both with new tequila bars. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. The Connoisseur Lounge, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. The Connoisseur Lounge is Palmer's first locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Their beautiful store is located at 226 Evergreen Avenue. The Connoisseur Lounge has exclusive cannabis products such as Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and one of our favorites, Sugar Cookies. And if you're not into the flower, the connoisseur can hook you up with edibles, vape supplies, and a ton of CBD options for all your health and inflammation needs. Check out their daily deals at theconnoisseurlounge.net, or even better, stop by the lounge today. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Yeah. Yeah, now we're thinking maybe that's... All right, we're back. Hold on. Got a freshie? I think I'm almost out. Alice, how you doing over there? I got none. You, you yeah, get, crack oh, it did? open. Damn. Radio check. Yes, please, Chad. Um, <laughs> I'll do a uh, King, King Street. King Street. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, yes, I yeah. listened to. IPA. I don't know if I listened to. IPA. Or if I read something about when you got your tattoos. Um, I, I'm, ver- I'm very. Uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm weirdly like attracted to native women's tattoos on their faces not like like sexually but like why because i know there's a lot of reason there and there's a lot of meaning and there's a lot of um yes sir exactness on why they did what they did and where it's placed and all that stuff so i'm curious on you know the dots that you have which are beautiful and like what explain it yeah okay um, I'm new too. like m- my very first podcast episode was on traditional Inuit tattoos. And so I was very much interested myself in, in like what that meant, 
what it signified, you know, in in the older days and what it means today and if those things still apply. You know, at that time I was not even interested in um, receiving any, I don't have any tattoos. Like these, the only tattoos that I have are on my face. Mm. And um, Way to start. <laughs> I know, I was like straight to the face. Straight post Straight alone. to the face. <laughs> it's like, can't straight miss these. Straight post Malone. <laughs> So I was like, yeah, I was super nervous about it. But um, after learning, you know, a little bit more from that podcast episode and then like uh, hanging out with Holly, Holly Nordlam, who's amazing. um, I just felt like it was uh, the right move for me. Um, So I was, you know, working a job that I was struggling with, I think. I didn't feel like I understood or um, felt like I belonged in this position. Mm. Yeah. And I had just like had a kind of a mental breakdown and I was just like, I quit, you know? And I was like, I don't know what, I, what I'm doing with my life. Like, what was I thinking? I, uh, even like to have that job, I took like, um, you know, a pay cut. Was it Subway? <laughs> no. <laughs> Because I, I felt the same way when I worked at Subway when I was 16. Slinging Sammy's <laughs> in? No. The sandwich artist? <laughs> didn't I give you guys the U-boat cut the other day? Was that you? No, we didn't Sorry, have way off What's topic. a U-boat cut? Okay, what? back in the day when I worked Subway. first at Subway when I was like 15, my first like real job not working for my parents' business. Um, they used Hot to dogs they used to do at Subway. Okay, listen, let me date myself. They used to do the U boat cut. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, I'm upset that they don't anymore. Exactly. So I busted that out. What oh, you know that? when I busted out with my dad. Okay, so they so they take the there's like a loaf or whatever the bread, and now they cut like it in roll, half, right? Like a roll. They cut it in half for okay. the sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. Back in the day, they used to do it's called the U boat cut. Oh, dude! I and know so what they would take about. the top of the bun, top to They top. would take the knife and just cut like a U around it and peel out the center. So then all the meat and all the cheese would sit in like a boat. Oh. And that and then you put the top back in like that's what we were so trained to do when you bit into it. It didn't go out the other side of the sandwich. There was no dripping. It didn't slip out of there. It yeah. stayed it in hell. the boat. It was like a. It was like making your sandwich into a taco. So you threw away bread, though. No, no, no. no. You put it on top. It went on top. Oh, it like it like squished. You like yeah. they pr- the the sandwich artist yes. would push it yes, back I down, an and then it would rest back in there. Unless <laughs> unless you were like me, and you were like, "Can I get double meat?" Because then that thing didn't really want to push down. No, well, I just. I'm upset that they don't do it. Because now when you bite into it, everything comes out the other side. It slides out of there and it drips and leaks all over the fucking place. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I did that when I was with my my dad and my uncles on our hunt. It pulls up photos of an old U boat. I was trying to do. Okay, so right there. So there's an image right there. The OG sandwich cut. That was how you yeah. used to do it. That's how it's I was It literally trained. says the OG sandwich cut, too. <laughs> <laughs> the OG Subway sandwich yes. cut. They sh- that's the best way to make a sandwich. That's literally off of Daniel's Reddit account. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, remember when I was yeah. an artist? Yeah. yeah. Shoot. I, I used to be it. an artist, yo. What? Okay, just my blew mind your mind. is blown. Right okay, now. so there okay. you go. God, we're old. That's bro. like the best sandwich. Well, there, there was Not a Subway old. up there, wasn't there? Not in Ucalvik. There's no. one in Nome now, I believe. Oh, and I there is of all one. All places they would have one. No, I don't. They oh. might have one now, but I didn't see it. Well, it's crazy they had a McDonald's in Adak. 
Did you know that? That's wild. I know that because I listen to that for podcast. PR. That was clearly just was, like, we have a McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. That There's was, a society That was because there was a base. Yeah, there was a base. I'm loving yeah. it. That's because there was a base. <laughs> <laughs> There's a McDonald's on every no, base. Do. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so anyway, we rabbit hole we on the sandwiches. We will tattoos. Yes, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, if you look at the picture there, this beautiful lady... She has almost a similar tattoo as you do. And I see the, traditionally you see the chin ones um, and you see the cheek ones like you have and maybe the forehead, oh, the, the forehead too, right? like triangle. Do you, Have you done like the research on like what these mean and stuff like that? I know a a little bit. That's what you got. I know a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know that the, in some places in the circumpolar Arctic, the forehead ones, they're called the Sikhanik tattoo. Um... I don't know what those are for, though. But I think they're... Uh, I mean, Tsikhanik refers to the sun. Okay. So that's something... I don't know. I don't know the story about that. Okay. So that's one. Um, the chin tattoos, at least from where I'm from regionally in Utkalvik, I've known them to reflect, um, s- like, position. Uh, oh. If you're married... If you're oh. of age, you oh. know, like if you're, I don't know. I know it's like a rite of passage kind of thing. And then. Um, it's a representation mark of like yeah, where you rank kind of. Is there. Um, not rank, but like. Yeah. It's probably are you a not woman? Not the right word. If you're a woman. Okay. Are you, are you, well, you're not yeah, allowed to ask that anymore, <laughs> Alice. I know. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> but. Uh, there's no traditionally speaking it means it means whatever it means for each woman now it's very personal now you know what i mean like it obviously means something um community wise but also what i've learned in the process of reclaiming and revitalizing the tradition of hand poke tattoos and bringing Mm -hmm. back those because these were gone you know for a long time because of the missionization of alaska and you know western expansion and colonialism or whatever whatever you want to call it, like they disappeared because, uh, mostly because of religion and, you know, your body's sacred or whatever, so don't... Oh, the Lord's temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Don't you dare. You're going to hell, Chad. And yeah. So it's like... See you there. You got eyeballs <laughs> on your arm, bro. See you there, bro. <laughs> I'll be down there with a cold caribou call. I already had this conversation with my sister. Who's Even very down religious. there, it's still cold. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like... And I feel like those are some influences in, in my life too. Like I don't know, like my parents weren't really about that, and they they don't have tattoos, and so I wasn't really about it anyways. But um, so I know the cheek tattoos they they aren't like specific to my region, but they are specific to Inuit people of the Circumpolar North. From what I learned from Holly is that they were known to like ward off evil spirits and um, to promote fertility, which is funny. And then mm. there's one other thing i can't remember what the third one was um but that's like traditionally speaking you know Mm. what i mean and it's funny because like at the time i got them everyone who knew me like knew that i like i'm not trying to have kids at all i'm like you know (laughs) (laughs) you know like i was like no way (laughs) no yeah and um they look great though thank you yeah Yeah, they do i I did you do them traditionally i did yeah i had holly um, tapped in she did um traditional hand poke what's the um what's the ink used like what's the process there um i don't know i mean traditionally i know what she she explained it to me traditionally what it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. and 
um, it wasn't that though. Obviously, you have to adhere to some kind of um, regulations now in order yeah. to have oh, like yeah, the tattoo artist. Yeah, sure. yeah, health, health stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. which I understand, but also like she was at the time. I remember she was trying to like break through some of those because you know these aren't to return back to like the true way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, With freedom of religion, you should be able to do whatever you want. I agree. Yeah, yeah in theory, right? Yeah. yeah, in theory. But yeah, uh, um, so Holly, uh, I, I just met up with her. And uh, like I said, I was going through a really hard time, like trying to figure out what I was doing, who I was doing it for, like my life. You know, I, I, I was like my job. And then I had just started the podcast. And I was kind of feeling like, I don't know if you guys had this, but like your first couple of episodes, they're kind of scary. <laughs> Garbage. Right? Well, it's just well, nerve wracking. Garbage, but yeah. you're so nervous. You don't know. You're like trying to figure out where you're going with this thing. And then like how people are receiving it. I don't know if you guys felt this, but like for, I was like, I was immediately prepared to get canceled because I was like, people are not going to be willing to listen to what I have to say. And like, who am I to speak on behalf of my community kind of thing? Mm. I was terrified. And so like at first, you know, you're just kind of like posting shit and you're like, no one's going to listen. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, like I was like seeing, I had like hundreds of listens. People are commenting now. Yeah. And and I was like, Oh shit. People are actually listening. (laughs) Oh no. You know, like I got to do everything right. And then, so I was just kind of having like this identity crisis, I think in terms of what I was doing, who I was doing it for. Was I talking to an Inupac or Inuit audience? Oh, the pressure started building up a little bit, huh? Yeah. Uh, you yeah, can't do I that could too, see so. that. I, I mean, yeah, but in your your case, I could see why. Oh, 100%. Because now it's like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah, there's like a lot. But you also have a responsibility to do dope shit and be the young person. That's true. For right. the people yeah. that's, that are yeah. your age and yeah. below you. Whenever you're having that feeling, you need to read your motto. Just well, I mean, like, now nope, that for sure. I mean, I kn- I know that now. That's the thing is like, I, this is just me getting started. This is like three. Episodes, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So I well, was broke nervous that. as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just having like, <laughs> like a little bit of an identity crisis. And I quit my job. I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm like, I'm going to do the podcast full time. Just being crazy. And um, and I was like, I, I want to learn more about the cheek tattoos. And so I met up with Holly and. I got them done, and it took 20 minutes max. You know, they're just dots. It's not going to take yeah. a long time. Still don't feel good. Strategically placed. And um, I, I literally felt, I was like, this is why people get tattoos. I was like, holy cow. Like, this is, I feel light. I feel, mm. thera- like, it felt therapeutic. It felt like it really did something, like, physically and emotionally that I was able to let things go and to just, mm. like, really focus on my goals and yep. i was like holy shit yeah and i had mm-hmm. my best friend accompany me uh margaret alice and did she hold your hand no oh, that's okay good weird but uh <laughs> like, oh, I, I we're not like that wait like, it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt that bad actually hold on no I'm we fine. were we were like just listening to holly tell stories the whole time you know yeah. and holly's like literal cool literal experience. medicine like she is like the ultimate auntie you know what i mean and she could understand how I was feeling. I know that she could, like, when she saw me, she knew, like, she adjusted the way that she spoke and hung out. And, like, um, I know that she knew that I was going through a hard time without even me having to say it. You know what I mean? She it was, like, that it. kind of connection with Holly. Yeah. And then Holly also did my mom's tattoo. My mom has um, tattoos on her uh, wrists. And I think she got them. I can't remember if she got them done before or after. 
It might have been after, but. Like uh, that late in her life? Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. I know. Like my mom. You might have After the her. divorce, you know what I mean? Oh, so. she is. She's trying to get out <laughs> on the streets. She's living her life. <laughs> hey, living there's my nothing, best life. There's nothing wrong with. Living Spruce my best life. Up. Nothing wrong with change. Yeah, and trying to find herself again. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta let loose. No, I mean, so me and Jackie have, uh, we have another podcast that we're working, so I don't know if I told you guys, but I do Coffee and Quack, right, and then um, Alaska Natives on the Frontline is another one, and then mm-hmm. um, Resolve, which is a podcast about missing and murdered indigenous women in collaboration with Affinity Films, which is a local nonprofit media organization here in town, and then me and Jackie, uh, who's part of Native Time, right, um, we're planning to do another one called Cocktails and Cock, which is kind of a play off of coffee and quack, but cock uh, is the Inupiaq word for weed. Yeah. So oh, like shit. Shout out to the Treehouse and, and the Connoisseur. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you need a sponsor? <laughs> we might get you guys. If you need a sponsor, we know some people. Sponsor. <laughs> we got a couple of Someone's got to pay for this stuff. <laughs> 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 it's true. But yeah, so that's one of our topics that we have uh, is tattoos because Jackie has a lot of traditional tattoos. Um, more than me, I only have the you know the ones that are on my face. Sorry, I keep knocking the mic. Um, but she has um, birthing tattoos and then, <coughs> um, Sedna tattoos. Uh, I don't know the Inupiaq word. My like sister was like, "Stop ones? calling them Sedna because that's not what we call her. That's like the white version." But like, it's the um, sea goddess Inupiaq sea goddess Inuit sea goddess on your fingers. Yeah. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask. Is that is the placement of the tattoos, is that like uh, Athabascan to Inuit to Haida to Clinkit? Does that... From what I understand, for which one? I mean, it depends. Because I know... So one of my good friends, his wife is... Um, her family's from Cordova, and she's got the traditional tattoos on her hands. Excuse me. Yeah, those. Um, so those from are from what I understand, those are. Excuse me. Says Sedna tattoos, which is the Inuit sea goddess, and I think that's pretty much coastal. Um, which makes sense for Cordova. Coastal yeah, it makes sense. Inuit, I thought it was um, specific <coughs> to Inuit, but I mean that doesn't mean that Probably Inuit not. people didn't make their way. To yeah, that's what I was wondering if things were like specific to Inuit, Athabasca, yeah. and Clinkit, Haida, all yeah. of that. There, there might be. I don't know for sure. I know the story of Sedna. I learned it. Um, it's kind of a morbid story. I mean, all Inuit stories are kind of morbid. But there's so the story of Sedna is that she was a beautiful young woman. Um, her dad had assigned her to marry someone from some clan. She refused, and. Um, she was like so defiant that she was like, I'll marry my dog. I'll marry anyone except this guy or whatever, you know, like she was so defiant. So, um, there's different variations of the story, but, um, he was so mad that he brought her out on a boat and dumped her overboard and tried to drown her. And when she tried to come back up into the boat to grab on, he cut her fingers off so that she couldn't get into the boat yeah so her dad or the guy she was supposed to marry her dad um because she disobeyed him or whatever so that's the line that's a horrible story 
And well, that's not the end. So uh, she sank down to the bottom. Um, she became. She the said it was morbid. A dude. Sea goddess. <laughs> yeah, and then her fingers became all the marine mammals and fish that we eat and subsist off of. So, oh, oh. Um, so she there controls the sea. Spoke too soon. So whenever you want to have a successful um, hunt, uh, you know, on the ocean, you have to appease to Sedna, the sea goddess, and brush her hair. Um, because mm. she doesn't have hands to brush her own hair. So you'll go brush her hair and then she'll make the seas calm for you so that her sea goddess animal fingers, animals. You can will. harvest them. <laughs> Alice, yeah. you have to you have to explore these topics on some sort of podcast. <laughs> you have to tell these stories. Yeah, or if, like not, if not in your voice, maybe an elder's voice or your grandma's voice or someone's voice yeah. that has like some raspy deepness to it and is a really <laughs> good storyteller that could just like exp- like tell the story of that. Oh, all these stories would be such a cool thing to like. Patreon. I would fully get that listen money. to those, man. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, it's not my. I mean, I mean not, not my that. I mean, story. just in case you have a little bit of room on your plate. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when you're, yeah. when you come back from being an astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also weird too because it's like I don't own these stories. You know what I mean? And it's weird so, to but like, but they need oh, to be yeah, told. Yeah, no I, I and I get it, and maybe that's the work to do it, and you can get paid for the work, but it's also like it's not my. Then ownership. donate part of it. Mm. I mean, I, I get, I get, I get where you're going with that. Like, you don't want to be paid for someone else's. I get it, but the story has to get out there. And in order for it to get out there, yeah, somebody's gonna make money off of it. Probably. I mean, that's just the way the world works. Yeah, so, like, but you can't let like they're cool stories. You it know? could be an AFM oh, thing. Yeah. And yeah. then it's then it's like unrelated to you, where it's like you're. You, it broadens the whole brush, where you can just have anyone tell a story, and just like donate their story. Well, yeah. here's the thing: is like these stories are known, and we tell these stories. Yeah, but they're known to you guys. Yeah, but they're not, not known to the world. Yeah. That's important, isn't but it? Well, there's probably it, different versions. But it's too, also right? like you know, do you tell people where your best berry patches all the time, like? No, because people are going to come from everywhere to go to that berry patch. And and to be honest, let's be real. All of our stories, knowledges, histories, those things have always been taken advantage of and exploited for monetary things that we don't mm. ever benefit from. I know. So this is your way of taking that back <sighs> and giving that money to is the people who Is it your dis- way of me taking it back or is it my way of taking things back? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't understand. Like you're not so sure you want to be part of that. I don't know. But if would I you want be upset? Participate. participate. That's what I mean by that. Well, if someone yeah. else did it, would you be upset or would you be proud? I wouldn't be happy about it, but mm. I mean, if I'm also also an advocate for education, you know what I mean. I want sure. everyone yeah. to understand. Yeah who we are as people, but I don't want it to be exploited. But that's that's a fine line. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's you either open it or you don't. You know what I mean? I yeah. don't know. Exploited is a very <sighs> I get what you're saying, but like from my perspective, because I'm not ever gonna know that story. And I think it's an important story. But also All I see stories. her point where that she's I, like, I, This story's not for you, it's for us. 
No, I get, I get that part of it. But there's a lot of power in story. Yeah. And I think that, like, you know, some, some things that are so sacred have to be shared because they're the importance outweighs the the sacredness Mm -hmm. because it's something like yeah but people can learn i I understand it would take someone to feel convicted to do that as well yeah i don't want it i don't i would never want anyone to feel exploited and maybe this isn't the right time yeah like in the era of things yeah for that to finally be said yeah i'm not opposed I'll be honest with you. I'm not opposed. And I also feel and share the same sentiment as you. But I know that when I'm speaking, I'm not speaking just for myself all the time. I have to be cognizant of my community at some times. Yes. Yeah, so you don't tell the story. You you allow the people who want to tell the story. I tell my tell understanding it. of the story here on your podcast. And you guys heard it here. Yeah. And that's great. Right. And sure. that's enough for me. I don't feel like it's important. I don't feel like it's my place to do that. Um, I don't even have them. So like, why would I share that story? You know what I mean? Like, that's not my personal story to tell. That's why I really love hanging out with Jackie because Jackie's got birthing tattoos, the finger tattoos, and she's even got like stitch tattoos, which is dope. Wow. And so, so she speaks on, on behalf of herself and what she understands, not even just from an Alaskan perspective, but from, um, you know, like she's visited other Inuit countries, which is dope. And I mean, I even considered like on my way here, I was like, dang, man, how cool would it be to have Jackie with me during this part of, mm. you know, like yeah. this. Well, next time you bring her in. Maybe. I mean, yeah. That'd be awesome. Would she, she be down? Oh my God. She would talk your ear off. And bring your oh, dad because I want to hear the damn stories. Oh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not giving up yet. Well, we kind of not talk, giving up. We talk a lot in this podcast, so no. stories and yeah. Well, that's that's. I very, just love stories, and so, I love stories that have like I hear you talking about conviction and something to learn out of them. Like it's so it's so I think it's like it's not done enough anymore because people don't. We live in a society where like everything is such instant and gratification like it's all like convenience and it's a flash you know, in the i don't know i'm too, old you know? i remember when gas stations were just fucking gas stations like you got gas and oil and spark plugs you didn't get tampons and fucking doritos and a slurpee and condoms medicine and oh, like dang, it's damn, complete okay. it's completely yeah, just you can get those there convenient. <laughs> yeah it's a convenience it's store now yeah. it's not a gas station yeah and yeah. like it's, you know it's what i mean like, like a mini so, sears yeah i don't know <laughs> so i like I, I i like stories i know selfishly i agree with you that you just want to just like but i under but i do but i understand like, where oh. you're coming from too i, I completely yeah. do you don't want and i would definitely not want to expose it i wouldn't want way. something exploited exploited but like i think it could be done in a way where well there's a difference between exploit exploitation and education yeah and passing on things yeah. but you know that's that's for you to figure out oh, i guess or not or I someone think, else i think the biggest issue with that is I mean, none of us have issue with sharing story and spreading information and things like that. The biggest mm. issue is that we're still coming to figure those things out ourselves, that it's extra mm. work to to teach people at the same time. Because like Holly 
was probably, you know, one of the first people to revitalize Inuit, traditional Inuit tattooing. Yeah, that's definitely a newer, right? bigger like, resurgence. That wasn't something like 15, 20 years no, ago. Right? definitely like not. That was, you know, even Native women weren't even feeling empowered enough to do those kinds of things. You know what I mean? To be perfectly honest, I don't even recall, like, seeing pictures right. of it. My grandmother, no, my great-grandmother really. has. I mean, I know in pictures, like, this was on the early onset, of well, probably the 40s and the 50s, of... Uh, missionization colonization of alaska so i mean it's it's in that time that women still had those tattoos but like in this age people are still trying to um learn what those things mean what what the markings mean and to share about them is weird because it's also like we're not experts you know but why aren't we because i'm an Inupiaq woman you know yeah. that's my culture that's what I've grown up with. I've grown well, up in an Inupiaq community. I have Inuit tattoos. Why can't I speak on behalf of my tattoos as an Inupiaq woman? I'm contemporary, yes, but it doesn't mean like, is it any less traditional just because I live in 2022? You know what I mean? Well, you can speak on yours for sure because they're yours. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I feel you. I feel you in that because obviously you can tell like, like I, I love it and I love ink. the meaning behind it, but I have a, uh, like I like I have avoided and I go to Hawaii now. Like that's my tattoo artist is in Hawaii. And I have, I have always wanted and love like traditional Hawaiian tattoo. And he would do it on me and hit and he, and, and there's a lot of meaning in it and it's all like, it's a story, mm -hmm. but like I won't do it because I'm not Hawaiian, mm -hmm. I'm not Polynesian. Like I have a love affair with Hawaii. And I think like, Alaska has a huge relationship with Hawaii. Like, I think, like, we're kind of like brothers in this America, right? Mm -hmm. But I, I won't. And, and sometimes, like, I get a little judgy when I see, like, a dude that's not Hawaiian and he's got a Hawaiian tattoo. And I'm kind of like. What is that supposed to mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, mm, do you even know what. Well, how do you know he's you not know? Hawaiian? Because if you're whiter than me, bro, <laughs> you ain't Hawaiian. I don't know. No, well, you're white not boy Hawaiians. You're not Polynesian. Okay, like you might be yeah, there. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I get it, and I get it, and and I could be like I said, I'm being super judgy on it. Yeah, but for me, I'm like I have avoided it, even though I would love to have it because I love the way it looks. Yeah, and I love that it's a story. Yeah, yeah. there's tradition, but there and everything. I wouldn't do it. So like, I don't judge anyone. I'm not. Um, I'm not like a huge advocate one way or the other, just because like I, I, I did a podcast episode about appropriation versus inspiration. And it, I, I listened to a little bit of that. Like that's, it was, it was good, yeah, you know? no, I mean, but it's also like there's, there's no definitive line. And that's no. what bothers me too, between like creative art and also inspiration. And, you know, I, well, it's getting thrown around and pretty brutally these days it's really too. fucked up and i don't agree with a i mean you know obviously i don't agree with appropriation but like i'm not at a place in my career i feel like that i could call people out like professionally to be like i'm an artist and this is what i believe is appropriation and like i'm not the appropriation police i th i was like man i'm just not gonna buy it you know mm. what i mean like that's fucked yeah. up like yeah there's so at the store that. and they're like dumb and not real like come on like it's not new it um i'm 
I, I completely support other artists that want to take on that role or like, you know, wish to do it. But that's not something um, I choose to spend my energy in. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, it happened recently in like even like style, fashion. Yeah. Where there was a big thing that happened where they felt like Alaska Native cultures were being appropriated with the cuspic and things like that. You know, which yeah. I I could see that. You know what I'm saying? I have no. I do think way that was, either way. Let's be let's be real. I do think that was tone deaf. Let's be. I mean, if you're gonna mm. sell a cuspic looking style that you got from another place or wherever, and it looks like an Alaska Native cuspic, when there are Alaska Native artists here selling that design already, yeah, it was tone deaf at the very least. Yeah. What do you think about the apology? Um, I thought it was, uh, it was weird that they, they started turning comments off. So I, I was keeping up with it. Okay. So I already know oh. a little bit about it. Mm -hmm. they, they turned the comments off, which was a, kind of a little bit like shutting people down and they couldn't say their piece or whatever. Yeah. That's not fair. That's I'm ignorant on this whole thing. What? Um, yeah. Well, basically, um, without naming the company, uh, basically an Alaskan company that makes uh, fashion items for women created an item that was very, very much like a big Alaskan like, company. Yep. Yeah. Remin that, reminiscent uh, of the, the classic cuss book. Probably the biggest. Yeah. Well, we're not going to name names because I don't want to get blown up in the shit. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so there was some sort of drama with um, people saying, well, you're copying our things and you're not giving credit to the people that actually created this thing. Um, and so from there, it just like blew up and they issued a like three page apology. Um, oh, and they ended up donating the money from the proceeds to Whatever. something they yes. felt was appropriate. Choice, yeah. And the comments were insane. Like it was like crazy. And, like and I went, I went deep in it and, and I started reading everything and I, and I was just like, you know, just, just seeing what the, what people's opinions were about well, it. People, people get, they get out of control with this. Stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. People trying to get, can I mean, I don't. It's know, part of that cancel thing yeah, that's happening. I mean, you know that, you know that the Asian girl, uh, you know, Aquafina or whatever, I think they're like hip hop name. She changed her name to it. She's like a rapper, but she's an actress. Yeah. And she got like caught but, up in that. You know, you can see two sides of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, let's say that, um, you know, like you're wearing a, a, a flannel. We're not giving credit to lumberjacks lumberjacks or whoever invented the flannel <laughs> you know what i'm saying chainsaw? or you're wearing you're wearing the uh you know like obviously you're very yeah. big in style you're very big in fashion you have it gets wonderful away. fashion and style and i think a lot of times you take pieces from this area or this place or this culture because you want to be unique you know and so that's unique to or you, you want to fit in yeah, for example, like mm. the bandana. Like the bandana is a cowboy thing, and it's also a gang thing. You know what I'm saying? And she's rocking it as a as a as an Alaska Native woman in Alaska, or a soldier thing, or a soldier thing. So I mean, there's there was a lot looks, of good. There was a lot though. of comments on there that made you be like, oh, okay, I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying, yeah. but you know, who's do, right in the conversation? Do, do you, I don't know. Do you think it was like just harmless and they were like, Hey, this would be cool to like come up with this thing and like this style. And it's like, 
Alaska native like culture-y and they, they thought it would just be this hot sell. Do you think that there was like, do you think it was just harmless and it just I, backfired I, I, really bad? I'll tell you what I think. I think that if because they are beautiful, I think if there was credit, awesome. if it was credited from the beginning, there wouldn't have been an issue. Okay, that's my opinion. Or maybe there was like some uh, like uh, um, because I get these things where like for example, I posted the picture of um, our last podcast, and someone on YouTube was like, "You didn't give the photo person cred," and I was like, "Well." I thought the person that gave me the picture took the picture. I didn't know that it was someone else that took the picture and they bought it from them. Like, how would I know that? Like, sorry, I didn't do the third, yeah. the third step. Oh, the photo was from a, like a customer. Or a, yeah, or probably, a guest or something. probably, probably. And I just was like, well, I didn't even respond. But, but this wasn't the third step. Like, you're no, saying. I'm saying my point, my point, my, my thing, okay. but this is like deeper well, way and bigger. bigger. Yeah. But I'm just curious on like someone like you who's super into style, super into fashion, and you see these things like and tradition, w- right? That's got to be a tiptoey line on both sides. Exactly. No, I completely agree because yeah, I, I why would you want any like stifling anything stifling creativity, right? And and inspiration can come from anywhere. Um, that being said, I I didn't. I didn't have a visceral reaction like many of, you know, like my friends and counterparts have against what we were talking about and this, you know, design or whatever resembling a cuspuck. Um, I was just like, ah, typical, you know, like I was just, I, I was like in the mm. sense, like I had resignation, like resignation kind yeah. of thing. Like I was like, ah, it happens all the time, you know, Eddie, I'm over it. Um, how, how well, that's a great answer. But how does it not? How do how do you avoid? How do you avoid that's, it? Like an original, an original design is it's only original once. Yeah, and we're but thousands of years into existence. Like, but let's talk, is there really an original thought or design anymore? But like, if you're a company that thrives in Alaska, don't you think you would understand who you're selling to? Right, and who lives here in Alaska? Well, was I correct on the um, credit thing? Like, if the credit was given, if, or, well, or maybe there was given permission, maybe before it was like I think if they had worked there. with an uh, Alaska Native person, even yeah, like just to be like, okay, well, we worked it? with yeah, there was like some more credibility behind the yeah to be like, okay, yeah. Was it a shitty version? And that's almost like just lip service. Was it a, was it a shitty version, you know? though? Yeah. It's almost like lip service, which I don't really think is, like, a great thing either. But, I mean, but for um, some... Also, this is about power. You know what I mean? This is about power and economy and money, right? And so what are we really visiting here? We're really visiting, you know, somebody who has a lot of pull and power and money in Alaska Profiting off of Alaska Native, basically Alaska Native designs. Let's be real. I, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and it's not to say that it's unique, but like that's your target audience. Okay, number one, and like tourists, right? And see, so, like so, I, I can't be surface. Like this is just like too deep. This is my problem. Like this is why I'm a podcaster. I get so deep into things, and I'm getting deep into another thing. We we're just trying to talk about. T- Tattoos earlier, like yeah. keep it surface. Like, <laughs> well, we, we did shift to like, fashion. About, like, we shifted to fashion. And, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. And I don't, 
And I don't want to put anyone down or like call anyone out because I'm not about call out, call out culture. I think it's like about education and it's really just about like learning from one another. I'm really not like. Well, I didn't mean to put you on the spot ways. about it, but I just felt that you would have a good answer as being someone that's kind of in, in, in step with both sides like yeah. you're into social media and you're into the young people and the millennials and the style and everything that's happening yeah, and you fun. have one foot in with your culture as well and your elders and you know how they feel and how and everyone in from your family feels and it's like so that's what what led me to ask like what is alice's question not not, okay. not to speak from not to speak from everyone to represent everybody's but, but opinion. like specifically and personally, you kind of you kind of answered it you're like oh whatever this happens all the time no but personally i feel like they're stealing from aunties like this is like mm. people make a livelihood that's understood just making that kind of garment you know what i mean and it's mm -hmm. something that i feel like and it's not like unique to alaska but let's be real like it's something that it alaska is, native right. people have used and I, I know that it is part of our culture for thousands of years too like it's it was like protection from mosquitoes while you're it wasn't even like for show it was for working you yeah, know? yeah it's it working. was a garment that was designed for a purpose yeah and yeah. so I, I personally think it's literally just fucking stealing from my aunties and people that make things for a living. Um, and that's not new, though. That's the thing. It's like, should we call out only them yeah, or yes. everyone else? That's almost but like, unavoidable. But if you're going to be an Alaska-based organization and catering to Alaskans about that like that makes that's where it feels wrong you know like i'm very liberal like okay i get it like maybe they made a mistake maybe this maybe that okay but like what really makes me emotional about it is that they're really literally stealing from and charging a whole lot more than maybe they would even charge you know Ugh, it's just well what about this yeah, what about me let me ask you this such a good that's answer me personally. thank you for no, a that very, was great. very very that's it straightforward but, answer on that before we move on, moving forward, if there's another Alaska company mm -hmm. that is going to maybe embrace something that is naturally or historically Alaska Native, yeah. what is the right approach? Work with an Alaska Native artist. Boom. People will respect you 100%. They'll be like, oh, dang, so-and-so helped with this. Like, let's buy it literally and okay. that's it you know it's not it has like an official collaboration with this like yeah. original artist yeah so it's a gotta be legit yeah maybe could go the other way too yeah other way to who or what do you mean where? what do you mean i mean you then you, some part of the community could be like now they're on that artist like you're a sellout oh i see right like i mean, I mean there's just always gonna be that's what i'm saying you can't some bullshit well, you like, can't like, please everyone well all the you time. can't and you can't like no but i think everything's already been done other than space travel <laughs> and shit like that that's like revolutionary as far as art like it's all been done and all and all fashion wasn't ever wasn't fashion in the beginning i don't yeah. it was like i don't you, agree. like you needed it. You, clothing was because you needed it. It wasn't. Well, that's the thing. They're taking the this. They're, they're taking this need of a of a thing that was meant for work and for survival and creating a fashion a fashion item out of it without appropriate credit and as and then as monetizing Alice, it and with monetizing kind of off of it. I get that, yeah. but who like 
Uh, how are you? Who is the originator? The aunties. the aunties. Which one? No, you don't credit one person. Like it's not a one person kind of thing. And so if it's a, if you listen to the podcast episode, but that Melissa one person who created it is they feel differently. Well, they're gonna no, feel like, that goes no, like I, way, gonna, way, way, way. I know, back. but that's what I'm saying. That that's the that's the line that you're balancing with anything that's art. Yeah, is that you? You are like I don't give a fuck. Every beat that's made from here until the rest of time has already been made. Yeah, it's been done. Mm. I that's, mean, I agree with like yeah, something like you, a beat, but like I don't agree with. The way you're saying, like, anything in art is not original anymore. I don't think so. I, I think that there's new ways of, you know, things. And maybe people are just trying to find things that but aren't But nothing is 100% new. It's all inspired, is I get what I'm it. saying. No, I hear that, and I, and, I'm, and I feel that way, too. But I, I don't think that, like, there's not new ways of reimagining things or whatever. And I do think... This is this is not like worldly. We're not talking about like the world at this moment in time about this ex like specific. I agree with you 100%. Like me yes, there is a lot of different things that are inspired from everywhere and it's a big huge thing. But like this specific thing I think was just a little bit too much on the nose. Yeah. She's oh right. yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah. talking like I I don't even know about this whole thing. Like so I don't know who did it. I don't I don't know like so I'm 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 way more generalizing and a broader brush here for sure. But I'm just saying like, there's a fine line with all of this stuff. And I think like people get attacked for like, I mean, if I took my shirt off right now, you could culturally appropriate me. I have native art tattoos my whole well, back. I, I think the same idea that native. the same idea that you feel I just love Alaska, having a Polynesian tattoo on you is similar to the same idea that she has yeah. with with these people creating this piece of fashion am i correct in that like somewhat similar to there i think so maybe yeah yeah but uh, but what i'm saying is like i i did i don't do the hawaiian thing because like i don't live in hawaii i wasn't born in alaska yeah i my whole back is alaskan tattoos yeah hmm. i have a clink raven i've a bear beaver a wolf you have a new old man's beard <laughs> nope but that's coming next <laughs> i mean i mean witch's hair or uh angel hair you know, or, hey you gotta or, have you never know when you're gonna need some fire starter <laughs> i can grow that old man's beard yeah <laughs> alice what's your favorite favorite quack my favorite quark, um, I love tutukok, which is caribou meat, dipped in misrach, which is seal oil, with mm. a little bit of soy sauce. So it's like extra salty, huh? Well, I mean, if it's, it, if it's dipped sauce. in misrach, it's like dripped in fat, so seal oil. And, and it's like already kind of salty, bit. right? Mm. No. No, it's frozen raw. There's no it's regular no. meat. It's literally just. A Does it come from no, a certain? No, no, no. He means part. seal oil. I meant the seal oil. No, is no you never had seal oil. I, I thought I. No, it I ain't salty. I'll bring seal no. oil next time I come. It's yeah. not salty at all. It's, it's not salty. very mild. It's okay. It's like a oil. It's like an olive oil. It's stinky, okay. but the oh, way no, that it really. tastes. I don't know if it's quite olive oil. I'm saying like I've had it lots of times. I've had it, and if it's fresh. Yes, if it's fresh, it tastes like nothing. It literally tastes like... Oh, it's just it's like just, clean? Um, 
I'm not in. It's just like a moisturizer for whatever you're eating. Reconstituted. It smells. It, it definitely smells. So I know what you're saying about like maybe if it, you know, you have some kind. I had of seal fat taste. in seal intestine. Where though? Uh, where was that? Cars, Aurora. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that, that wasn't seal oil. Yeah, <laughs> it's not sushi oil. That was a different. Kind it, of wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't. Where was I at? It wasn't Quinnahawk. Well, there's so what yeah. I understand is that some communities, um, the way they render seal oil out mm. of the mm-hmm. fat or whatever is different. And I know on the North Slope, the seals on the North Slope are. You can just render them straight up. Well, their diet, their diet's probably different, and that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah, and we don't have to cook it um, to like make it clean or whatever. Okay, it's already fine. But like in different places, like um, Southwest and maybe Southeast, they have to boil it. I think to make sure there's no bugs in it or like this no parasites this or anything. Southwest. Yeah, I think, okay. but I'm not sure. I can't speak, but I think that because it tastes very different and it tastes cooked weird. I've had it before from those kind, like from Southwest, mm. and I was like, this I would agree. And it was yellow, and I was yeah. like, whoa, that's not, weird. Is it like when you get a, like a really good one, like I've had the fishy one, and then I've had one I'd that's fish, like I had fishy seal oil. It's mm. it's the like seal fat. It's like olive oil. There's like olive oil. It's like didn't taste bad. At just all. like you would like dip a piece of non bread in olive oil or whatever. I had it with carrots. Oh, okay. It's oh. nothing. There's no flavor. There's um very, 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 Mine very mild. Fishy. It wasn't it sauce. wasn't bad. But it was fishy. Saltiness. No. And the seal fat in the intestine that I had was not bad. The intestine was definitely like a cooked? strong Was it cooked? No. Seal fat and it was intestine. raw. Mm. Yeah, it was a it was a test. Um from your friend for the, for the white <laughs> the white boy uh, a white boy test it was a test oh, yeah. it was, no tough. it 100 they were like yeah we eat this all it, the time why don't you yeah. give this a go like, no no yeah. Hell yeah. The, the, guy, the guy who gave it to me was it was it, he, he definitely he definitely eats it okay and he was very no, very traditional it, it was a it was a job that we went for in a village and um the village had just started a corporation and they had been awarded this job from the federal government to clean up PCBs on this road. And then um, they didn't have their corporation complete, somehow paperwork or whatever wasn't in. So Chemtrack, who I was working for at the time, got asked to bring in and run the, have the job be under our license, contractor's license. And, but we would, uh, allow all the people in the town to perform the work and we were there as like a mentorship mm. so it was run under and so you know brock's wife ran come Kim track her dad at the time so she was like hey it might be a little contemptuous when you get there and so uh like we got there um and had a meeting with the elders showed up to the meeting and like it was it looked like it was going to be heated because they didn't really want us there because they felt like, mm. but they were performing the work and we weren't performing the work. We were just mentoring, which was a weird role. But uh, anyway, we showed up to the meeting and like 
literally this is like, i would have gave you some fucked up oil too this is like heyday of ak soul <laughs> yeah so have like, some of this but so like two <laughs> trucks pull up two trucks rip into the parking lot and they're like younger kids getting out like you know they're like 20 year old 22 year olds and they are cranking 36 crazy fist yeah like and they're wearing one of them was wearing an ak soul hoodie and I was like, well, Whoa. they might kill all you white motherfuckers, but I'm fine because <laughs> they're wearing my hoodie <laughs> and they're playing my boy's music. And anyway, uh, their lead operator was a guy who was very traditional and a very traditional person in their community, younger kid. And he, um, you know, he, he got frustrated with me telling him how to, because he was a very good operator but he didn't know how to dig like environmentally it's completely different mm. because you can't be you can't just be digging because you're mix you're trying to clean up contaminated soil so you don't want to be removing the good soil. you don't want to be mixing it because then you're just creating more shit that's got to get flown out to Oregon and get burnt right yeah. so anyway so i'm having to like tell him how i want him to run the equipment and he got frustrated with me he was like how do i even know you can run equipment mm. like you're not doing work so i was like you want me to run the equipment so i ran the equipment and he was like oh, okay and then so he came over that night and he brought me that oh, okay and he was like i want you to try this and so i tried it a couple other people tried it and he was like okay and then we were good from then on oh it was almost like a... But I went in the next morning, and they are like, hey, I heard that he brought you over some... Like, what'd you think of it? And I was like, I was like, honestly, the taste, not bad at all. But I was like, but a mouth... Like, you know, it's this big around, and it's like solid. I was like, the texture of that much fat, fat in one bite was like... Not really. No, wasn't really no into the texture. Wait, yeah. you mean like a, a blubber, like yeah. a piece of blood? Okay, a yeah. blubber piece. Okay. Yeah. Well, in, that's different. Yeah, that not oil. That definitely has taste. Not it's, just the yeah. oil. The it didn't, oil. It wasn't very, like, the taste was fine. It was just, like, too much fat in your mouthful. You know, like, the yeah. tech. And I was like, <laughs> well, so that's what I said. It's, like, really spongy. <laughs> that's like, what she said. But all, the, <laughs> but all those yeah. all those kids were, like, I was, like, I mean, what, do you guys like it? And they're, like, I've never eaten that <laughs> shit. Like, are you kidding me? Seal blubber? Like, that's gross, dude. I was, oh, like. Oh, my God. They're like, he's just testing you. I was like, does he eat it? They're like, oh, he eats it. <laughs> but we don't eat it. <laughs> and they were like, it was an awesome experience, to be perfectly honest. Like, Listen, all any of it. Anytime that I've had any, I work with a lot of teachers. There's a lot of Alaska Native teachers. Very proud of their culture. They like to bring in their food. They like to share it with the students. They like to share it with the teachers. And I will never say no. No. I've had it many times. There's some things, muktuk things that I've had like five times. I still don't like it. I will still try it. I will still eat it. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, oh, no, I've had it before. I'm not eating the fish. I'm going to try it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to be like, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to tell them I don't really like this, but I'm going to eat it. And then, you know, bring them some Colombian shit and be like, nah, I want you to try this. Yeah. Here's some hot sauce. Lengua tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got some more shit. Oh, yeah. Lengua tacos are great. <laughs> I make those all the time. <laughs> I got three moose tongues in my freezer right now waiting for lengua tacos. 
But I do break those out on people like unexpectedly, and I don't tell them yeah. what it is till afterwards. Alice, let us know what um, you have coming up in the near future. Um, maybe some goals or some ideas of some things that you want to do with the podcast or Native Time or um, things that are coming up here in the near future that we should be looking out for. Yeah, um, I've since the inception of Coffee and Quaja, I've always wanted to do a podcast episode about um, homelessness and the disproportionate rates of Alaska Native people experiencing homelessness. So that's definitely something I've been thinking about. Hot topic right now. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think everybody has some kind of opinion or, you know, some kind of thoughts about that. But I definitely want to feel like... Um, Accessible and inclusive with that because the only reason that I've been kind of stalling on it is because the first time I visited a homeless camp, I was a little bit nervous. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to, like, put myself in danger and stuff like that. But I felt very much welcomed, so I didn't feel in danger. But, I mean, I understand that it's a sensitive topic and I need to make it accessible to different audiences too. So there was one woman that was willing to speak, but only in her native language, which I think was Inupiaq. Um, oh, and wow. I'm not, I'm not fluent. Yeah. And so like, there's like, you know, these kinds of different things that I want to be aware of. Um, but that was right before the pandemic hit. And so once the pandemic hit, I was just like, okay, we're not, we're not going to do that right now. Um, but that's something I do, do want to revisit. Um, I just re I just posted an episode with um, Michelle Spark about get out the native vote, kind of explaining a little bit more about ranked choice, ranked choice voting, um, and then maybe some issues that Alaska Native people fe- Alaska Native people face today. Sorry, I'm getting a little slurry now. I'm on my <laughs> I had a couple <laughs> of drinks, um, and. I don't know. Like I have. So, oh, and there's another one that I want to do. I've been speaking with um, somebody from the Heritage Center about boarding schools that I wanted to do. Oh the thing gosh. is, like, I find myself like I don't want to always cover the heavy shit. Like, yeah. I'm I was so just gonna say, tired. man. It, oh, well, we were. We've been, we, we've we been, got, like, we've been like, I know we've been so heavy this whole yeah. episode. I'm like, a shit, happy man, person. I'm literally a happy person, but I do well, feel no, like there's a lot of are. things that I want to bring attention to. Yeah. And like bring awareness to in that sense, but like, fuck, man. I need happy shit too. So me and Jackie, we've been talking about like our, you know, cocktails and cock podcast. Yeah. We've, yeah. Re- we've recorded two episodes, which yeah. have been really fun. And one was about um, sex and love, Inuit sex and love that people don't really talk about. And then the other one was about pain and pleasure. So like there's those kinds of things that I'm kind of excited about. Um, How do you spell not- cock? Q A A Q. Okay. Just check. <laughs> in in <your> spelling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah i mean so it's those are those are the, that's my fun stuff um i mean there's all well, it's a good way to balance out the heavy yeah. things that you want to hit and probably feel like a little pressure to hit um but i think the fun stuff is is that's what's going to relate to your peers it's going to relate to the younger audience um the heavy stuff's always there the heavy stuff's always discussed and there's almost never like a solution or a ending to that type of thing. But the fun stuff is. It feels fun. like it just like gravitates to heavy. Like we didn't intend uh. to talk, heavy, but just the, the topics are so like hard to avoid because for me, 
I'm like admittedly kind of ignorant to a lot of it. Yeah, even well, though I'm I alive in Alaska, so I just want to know. And it's more or less like to learn and know, and then like build from that, and then support it, yeah. and then be part of whatever the solution based thought process is, and to you know progressing and making it a a positive thing. And uh, man, you know, it's tough. It is tough. I I, I have a I have a question for you because I admire the work that you've done in what is seemingly kind of a short period of time as far as like graduating college or come, uh, you know, making the shift from college. She went to Mars and came back already. (laughs) Yeah. Full, full launch. Um, (laughs) if you don't mind like providing a little advice or just a little shedding the light a little bit on career diversification, Mm. because you have like, you had an idea what you wanted to do and the career path you were going to make, and then you come back to Alaska, and then now you've fast forward to where you're at now. It feels like you're all about promotion of like being diversified in what you're doing and like your footprint. And so, what's like? Do you have like a little tidbit that you could share? Because it's it is inspiring to me what you're doing as far as having a broader, you know, footprint on on this media world. Yeah, uh, there's something that I like to share um, that it, there's this part of our culture in Inuit culture, like you can't be afraid of the, so- I call it the soak. And um, what I know, I know, what I know soak to be is to be like the scolding. Can you uh, help me spell that one more time? S-U-S-U-A-K. Okay. Soak. Soak. Uh, and that's Inuit, North Slope Inuit spelling. There's different dialects, but... Um, I feel like I was born to be socked. I was born to be scolded. Um, you know, like you're, if, if, if your community isn't scolding you, they don't care about you. You know, if they criticize you. Or they're not listening, right? If they're listening, they're criticizing. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. But like what I really expect from my elders is to tell me how to do it better. You know what I mean? Or not even just my elders, just people that care and want to help. Sometimes it doesn't come from a positive place. You can understand where or when sure. that might happen, but sometimes you may may not even understand that it does come from a positive place, but it's coming out negatively. You know, and that yeah, and it is, goes into that deep part, right? Yeah, that, like it's almost God, like, it's such a line you have to fuck, man. It's like down. you almost can't like you almost tilt toward it every time. I know it's bad. <laughs> I know it's terrible. But I mean, it's not it, terrible. It's just what it is, you know. Well, I, I think that you need to link think that in twenty years you're the elder. Yeah, and, oh, and I feel yeah. that I know when I'm. I know as a woman who's thirty three. You know, I feel I'm thirty three years old. I know where I am. I know where I am in my life. I know where, um, like, I've been, and I know where I want to go. So, like, you can make that own decision for yourself whether it's valid or not, whether it's coming from a good place or not. But if it's coming from your community, you have to take that into consideration. Sometimes it's bullshit. I know it has been for me in the past, but that's just because I was, I mean, for me, I I was like maybe 20, maybe 21 when someone was like saying some dumb shit about, I don't know, ridiculous stuff. So you're smart enough to know what's good and bad judgment about like receiving scoldings. But I think that's something... um, I take into heart just because like once my community stops scolding me, that's when they don't care about me anymore. 
that's what I'm like. If they're not soaking, it's not anymore, really relevant anymore to them. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. you know, like I was thinking, my thing, I haven't been scolded in a while. I need to do something, you know, like you need to do something a little edgy. Get somebody fired up, <laughs> yeah. huh? Get an auntie or uncle all pissed off at you for something. Yeah, that, and I don't know if it's just like um, I, I do a lot of crying, man. Like it's so hard to fucking do something new and try to think that you can do it all the time. Like there's always going to be like this moment of weakness where you're just like, "Fuck, man." I'm just trying, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's and vulnerability, like, right? I break down a lot because I'm just like, I'm just fucking out here trying. And even one time I was scolded um, by a Native woman. And she was like, you're not telling my story. And this, okay, so this is going to be really personal. Um, I was doing some work in Nome um, regarding systemic issues around sexual assault and abuse against Native women. And one of the people that we were focusing on and interviewing, she was not happy with what we had presented to her about sharing her story. And it's even, it's hard, number one, hard to do that work. Okay, so listening cool. to those stories. And well, like, sensitive, let me man. quickly shout out Anonymous Eskimo for doing that. Hey, because, Ralph, wow. Ralph, if you guys haven't seen heard his podcast, it's called Anonymous Eskimo. Um, Ralph, uh, what's his last name? Sour. S-A-R. All he does is stories of 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 um, people that have gone deep into the waters of addiction and all that stuff, and they climb out of it. It is amazing. Oh, it's touching. You almost cry every podcast, yeah. and he's the perfect host all for that. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Ralph for doing that stuff. Yep. It's not like the thing you want to turn on Monday morning on the way to work, um, but. <laughs> But there's That's times right. when you want to listen to that and feel inspired by these people's stories. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Important work. Difficult, yep. but important work. Mm-hmm. And very much needed. And that's what I felt I, I was called to at that time. But, um, you know, it, it's, it can be really hard. And the whole process is hard, especially even editing, right? So, like, I don't know what you guys do about editing, but I go through my podcast episodes at least fucking five times before, at least, you know, and I'm um before publishing them and so it's just like i have to listen to it and listen to it and then i have to take out like these dead spaces and like you know i try to make it like packaged in a way that's really good and and something that people feel proud of and whatever anyway so um it was a lot of work and then you know we had spent the whole weekend working on it and there was like this feedback and not just her, but like some, like her relatives and like there, it was, and then I felt even more weight on my shoulders because as an Inupiaq woman, I feel like I should have been aware or conscious of what they were talking and criticizing me about. <sighs> and I was just like, so done. I was like, maybe I'm not cut out to do this. Maybe I'm like, oh, you know, you started, I can't, you started, I shouldn't you started be questioning telling this yourself. story. Yeah. You know, like if I can't even understand that it's problematic, then what am I doing this for? Like I'm part of the problem, like X, Y, and Z, you know, like I was, I was going off. Um, ultimately it made the work better. And it was, um, a, it was a success that they felt come comfortable enough to let us know that they were uncomfortable with what we had created and I think that that is a success in my opinion because that's not always the case um you know and it ultimately made the work um better so I I appreciated that and it it's a hard pill to swallow and it's hard work that's part of the you know that comes with that comes with the territory not only like the physical work but the emotional yeah and like cultural you're in that like it's tough 
Yeah, it was probably, uh, yeah, we can talk about it another time, but it was like one of the craziest things I've ever been through in Nome. And like, it was just like a huge, weird spiritual awakening that I had in Nome. And I just, it was wild anyways, but that was one thing, you know? And so, I mean, it hasn't been easy to just fucking try things new and think mm -hmm. that you can be good at it and like figure it out because I question myself at every turn, even now, like at AFN, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, am I contributing? Am I being a hassle? Like, I don't even know. Like I'm literally just figuring it out as I go. Mm -hmm. Um, and well, that's great. That's, that's how people learn. That's how people adjust. That's how people adapt. You have to throw yourself in these situations and kudos to you for stepping up because there is not a lot of people that are trying to do what you're trying to do. And being a young woman in, in, in a culture that is really based on a lot of tradition and a lot of heritage and a lot of old time shit. Like it's tough to be able to like walk that fine line and express your own opinions and your own values and yet try to please your peers, your sister and her peers, <laughs> and as well as your mom and your grandparents. Yeah, like elders. that's that's a lot of pressure. So a lot of kudos for, for you for doing that. You're trying your best and that's all that people should expect from you. And if someone else thinks that they didn't do it right, well then they should step up and do it right. themselves well, because you're doing Agreed. what the best that you can do. <laughs> and you are a light in your community and you're exposing people to these, to these topics that obviously are heavy. Some of them are rough and you're also going on the other side and showing things that might be embarrassing to um, some of the elders and all that. I'm sure they don't appreciate uh, uh, some of the things that you do and I'm sure you hear about it, but listen, that's you and you're the person who you have to please. And I respect that 100%. And I am thankful that there's people like you. Thank you for, for coming on the show and being open about all these things and honest with us. And we hope you come back so that we can discuss other topics that maybe we know about, maybe we don't know about, so that we can start a conversation because this is going to start a conversation. People that listen to this and they're going to be like, wow, I didn't know about that. I should look into that. Um, yeah. I disagree with that. I agree with this. Yep. Things like that. Yeah. That's our purpose as podcasters. So, you know, we're not here to validate people. We're not here to agree or disagree with people. We're just here to provide something whether they agree with it or not, so that it it generates conversation, yes. right? It opens yeah. conversation to mm -hmm. bring forward new ideas or solidify the good ones. I think that's my purpose as a podcaster. Yep. And I, I feel like, like that. that's your guys' Yeah, you, know? you don't have all the answers. No. None of us do. No. No, no. It's no. that conversation that's important. And totally. if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. And, right. if it was, and if it was easy, it wouldn't be worth doing. So, like, don't let that hard shit... The hard shit is why you're doing it. Oh, yeah. You win or you learn. No, the that's thing it. is, like, I leave with more questions most of the time. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. okay I can with see me. That. That's not, a hunger. I'm not mad about it. That's why you're doing that's, it. I think that's great. Yeah. Well, and I think that's, like, you use the word, oh, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. I'm like, fuck that. You're not trying anything. You're, doing you're it. actually doing it. Yeah. No, you're doing so, it. So I want you to, like, remember that. Like, what you're doing, you're not trying anything. You're doing the the thing mm -hmm. and then the reaction whatever it is the comments yeah. the 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 backlash the the positive reinforcement whatever it is is a byproduct of the what you're doing mm -hmm. in terms of a positive impact in the overall outcome of what you're 
what what it is that you're actually here doing it for. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Like she's not trying shit. She's actually well, like you, doing something. You said you said yourself that you're you you're in this for the scolding. I mean, mm. yes. So if that's not yeah, there, kind of put so if you don't, if, so if you don't have that on. there, yeah. then you're not touching the subjects well, that's that how you know need you're doing the, the right conversation. Right. Yep. yep. And if and if no one's responding, good or bad or indifferent, yeah, then no one's listening. That but if they are doing it, yeah, yeah. Yep. clearly you're getting through. No, I, I appreciate, even when people, like, disagree, like, they're, like, so mad or, like, gung-ho against it. I'm like, okay, well. Well, well you can't. Well, what if it's just go every, off, totally, Alice, what yeah. if everybody just agreed with you? What if, what if everybody agreed with you? You yeah. would just be like, yeah, be yeah, yeah. And, and they would be like, oh, yeah. yeah. And you'd be like, well, what next? Yeah. I mean, fuck, it. if everybody agrees with you, what, what's fun? Where's the fun in that? Also, like my really good friend Melissa, well, my friend Melissa Shaganoff, who's on episode five, art and cultural appropriation. She was like, "Well, you're ultimately consenting to learn in public." Yeah, this is what a podcast is. Hundred percent consenting to learn in public. Holy shit! And that's so that's diff- a good one. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Oh my god! Write that shit you gotta, down. You guys got to have Melissa Shaganoff on. The we will. She's we will. dope as fuck. We will. And Jackie. And Jackie. Um, Alice, thanks for coming in. Thanks for giving us a whole bunch of your time. Um, we appreciate everything you're doing. Anyone listening, coffeeandquack.com, coffee and quack on Instagram. That's coffee and Q U A Q on Instagram. Check it out. Um, if you have a chance to, um, visit any of the AFN things that are coming on or support any of the programs that are going on, give it a listen, give us your input. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you, Alice, for coming. We appreciate you. We're going to have you back on and bring your friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we will continue these topics that I think people are highly interested in. Yeah. And we highly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank we you just kind of scraped the, yeah. the surface. The yeah. top. Yeah. We're just getting no, to know one good. another. Right? Yeah. Right. And, and <laughs> you know, just piggybacking off, Danny, thanks for coming in. Because th- this is, we've... As we created our podcast in, in the platform that we're on, in the whole Alaska cultural dynamic, one of the huge, like when we just went to King Street Brewery one day and we just sat there with a notebook and beer after beer after beer and we just wrote down ideas and what kept we kept gravitating to was Alaska Native culture and that was like one of the most important things and we've been dying to like finally broach the topic yeah. And thanks to you for coming in, for your time and the work you've done. Um, you've helped us start to scratch that itch a little bit. So No, I you. appreciate that. I appreciate the opportunity for you guys making space for that. You know, that doesn't <sighs> always happen. So I really do appreciate that 100% bringing on a last It's a passion, voices. Alice. I mean, it is something that is very, very, very important to us. That's great. So thank you. And I appreciate it. So I'm here for it, and I'll be back if you ever want me back. Hell yeah. <laughs> and, yep. yeah, I'm so excited for you guys to meet my friends because I think that, like, you know, I, I do think that we have a lot of commonalities in the way that we mm-hmm. view life and love Alaska. And that's yep. important to me. And I feel like it's important to you guys, too. So, oh, yeah. Amazing. Thank yeah. you. you, too, Chad. Thanks for coming in tonight. Yep. Yeah, dude. I'm yeah, it was a great conversation, man. Super this enlightening. This was fun. Very enlightening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Alaska, thank you for listening. Stay dope. Stay wild.
You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit arborcapital.io today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreeHouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They are the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Anchortown Dogs, located on 4th Avenue across from the old 4th Avenue Theater. Look for the blue and gold umbrella. From reindeer dogs to bomb euros, they've got you covered. Anchortown Dogs, your local gourmet hot dog and sausage cart. Crude Magazine, Alaska-based media outlet using the last frontier as a springboard to discover larger truths about the cultures of our great state. Read more at crudemag.com. Lawn Pro AK, Alaska's year-round professional property maintenance team. Services include snow and ice management, weekly lawn care, and more. Get your free estimate today at lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. Lady with a Plan, your own Alaska event planner. From scouting the perfect location to planning the tiniest details, specializing in event management and production for intimate social gatherings. Find Lady with a Plan on Instagram. 
Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth, and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. If we cannot beat the enemy where he now is, we never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy, and it is unmanly to say they cannot do it.